today. Howard reunites with one of his favorites. The song is The Joke. What is The Joke? It's a song of encouragement when people are feeling kind of polarized and turned against each other. Like a reminder that love has already conquered the world and that it's the way. Singer, songwriter, producer, and Grammy winner, Brandy Carlisle. Only on The Howard Stern Show. Good song, Rob Zombie. I really dig that guy. He's my kind of guy. I told you, I think he's handsome. That's uh, the most handsome man I've ever seen. How can you see his face? Well, what, because he's got a beard? Come on. That's, that's not nice. There's a beard, there's hair, there's head. Oh, oh, I don't man, think that's I know cool. Bob if he passed me on the street. He's like in disguise all the time. Yeah, but he's got a... He's like in the witness protection program. <laughs> I don't know. Talented, he can draw, paints, he uh, can sing, can make music. Quite a man. Carrie's a lucky lady. He's a Renaissance man. Yep. Rob Zombie, right there. Rembrandt, Da Vinci, <laughs> Zombie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I see you uh, covered up your shoulders today. I guess uh, Brandy Carlisle, you're not going to be heading. Uh, I didn't want to show Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hear you. Brandy Carlisle stopping by later on the show. Beautiful woman, beautiful fucking book she wrote, too. But uh, she's not promoting the book. She put out a new album. She wrote a book? And uh, Yeah, it's great. I recommend it. It's called Broken Horses. That's the name of her new album, too. The book's really good. You know, I love any book that has something to do with rock and roll and the whole story of how you make it. You know, she grew up dirt poor. I mean, when you say dirt poor, there's all kinds of dirt poor. I mean, she was literally eating dirt. She was and, really uh, dirt poor. <laughs> she was dirt poor. I mean, no one was looking for her. And, uh, you know, she had the urge to perform and she started young and she just was a singing fool. And she was filled with insecurity, just like most artists. She didn't think she'd ever be anything. She didn't think she'd be successful. And she worshipped Elton John music. And now she's best buddies with him. Later on in life, her, her, her wife turned her on to Joni Mitchell. And uh, she became a huge Joni fan. She wasn't originally, but then she became a Joni fan. And now she's hanging with Joni Mitchell. Now she's a Joni friend, yeah. Now she's a friend of Joni's. Joni Mitchell, one of the best singer-songwriters ever, really. But uh, we'll talk to her later. She's coming in with the twins. The twins are a dude she hooked up early on in Seattle, Washington. She met them. They formed a little band. And, uh, you know, I know her whole story because I read the book this summer. Mm -hmm. I read her book. I read Dave Grohl's book. Anything rock and roll, I'll read. Uh, Paul McCartney's got a new book coming out soon. They got... Uh, Paul wrote a book, huh? Yeah. They got... Uh, who, who, the, who else's book was I reading? I told you the bass player from the Go-Go's was terrific, terrific book. And I wasn't, uh, you know, I knew the Go-Go's. They used to come on the show and everything, and their music was, was great. But her book was really good. A lot of good books out there. Anything with rock and roll, I'll read. I, I just, I eat that stuff up. That's what they Love should have it. had in school. And then you'd have become a great reader. Ain't that the truth? All that shit I had to read. So boring. <laughs> 
fucking uh, the one where the guy. Uh, although I read a good book in school, I, I read two books in school. I don't think I read more than two. That really? was it. I, I read Manchild in the Promised Land because I, you know, I was in a black school. Yeah, was that so. on the reading list? That was a classroom. Yeah, oh yeah. Really? Wow. Manchild in the Promised Land and uh, the Malcolm X story. I read too. Those two. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I'm black. No Melville for you. <laughs> no, no Moby Dick. I, when I went to the white school, most of these kids were reading books, but I had tuned out by then. I, you know, I was too traumatized from being me. Jeez. What a fucking mess. I have these weird memories now as the older I get. Oh, by the way, I don't want to forget to mention this because I was just talking to my wife. I came down uh, stairs. We were eating breakfast. Well, I eat breakfast. She doesn't eat breakfast. She, uh, she takes a handful of almonds. I don't know how this fucking woman, you know, how do you live <laughs> on a handful of existing? How is she surviving? My wife is like superwoman, but I learned from her. I am so Maybe impressed. She's a vampire. You know how vampires only pretend to eat? <laughs> well, maybe because she eats a handful. of. I'll go, what are you eating, honey? I know what she's eating. It's the same <laughs> thing every morning, a handful of almonds. And then I told you, by the time we go on our walk later in the afternoon, she's already walked about two or three miles just in the house. Yeah, she's not. Where's the fuel yeah. coming from? I don't know. I don't know how my wife does it. <laughs> I, I, and then for lunch, if she's really hungry, she has one thing of yogurt. Like, you know, regular yogurt, but the little cup, the cup, the little cup. Not even, And there's zero calories. Like, I don't know, maybe it's 100 calories for the whole thing. 20 if you're lucky. Because then she goes, I want to eat dinner, so I like to eat whatever I want. And at, at dinner, you know, she thinks she's eating like a truck driver because the other night she had pancakes <laughs> and eggs. Oh, for dinner? Yeah, she had breakfast for dinner. <laughs> She had uh, scrambled eggs and pancakes, and she's like, oh, God, I ate so much. And, you know, she had, what did she, I think I clocked her with two pancakes and a, and a couple of eggs. <laughs> I mean, that was it for the day. But, you know, she's got the body to prove whatever she's doing, that's it. You can't well, argue with success. Here. Most people couldn't live on that, and she's still here. She's got the best body I've ever seen on a human being. I look at her, I go, Jesus Christ, you're married to me? What would what, what, <laughs> How'd I get so lucky? Who should she be married to? Oh, man. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, you name it. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie? <laughs> well, he's the best looking guy I ever saw. <laughs> You're sticking no, with that. I'm telling you, you can't argue with my wife. when it, you, know, I, you know, it's so funny because everyone's always looking for diet advice and that. Do what she's doing. I'm telling Don't you. Don't eat. That's it. <laughs> the proof is in the hot pudding. <sighs> she doesn't do the Mediterranean diet with you. She's not. Fuck doing no. That. She doesn't drink any. You know how they tell you you got to drink water. You got to have. Um, they say to take your body weight, cut that number in half, and that's the amount of ounces of water you should drink. I told her she yeah. doesn't drink one bit of. Last night she drank a little bit of Perrier. That was wow. it for the day. She can't stand water. No water all day. I go, they say you're supposed to drink half your body weight in water. Okay, there's another like... theory. Yeah. She's an alien. I swear <laughs> to God, I don't know how she does it, but boy, oh boy, can she put it together. This is not human. There isn't an ounce of fat on that woman. And not well, how even could like. There be? She doesn't even weigh anything. Does she weigh anything? No. 
<laughs> I, I'd say she, you know, listen, she's five foot. Uh, she's she's 5'10". Yeah, you know, she's tall. She maybe a buck and a quarter at the most. That's crazy. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I say to her this, you know, and, and it's not the kind of skinny, you know, like I'm skinny, but I look gross. You know what I mean? I've got like fat hanging off me, even though I'm skinny and I'm saggy. I got titties. I look like an asshole, but she's got it distributed in all the right parts, you know, like she's got curves and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even think she shits and I'm not joking. Well, there wouldn't be much left. Which, no. I mean, how much could she make with what little she's eating? I think she shits like a bird. You know how you see yeah, that little like white stuff? Like a rabbit. Yeah, like, yeah, like a little white splatter somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel like a lucky dude at my, uh, at my anniversary. You know, if she's making duty, it's the size of a Tic Tac. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know where it goes. Maybe those aren't Tic Tacs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the other day I ate a Tic Tac. I thought it tasted a little stale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wake up this morning. My my wife's already on the uh, on the Internet. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, she had a nervous breakdown yesterday. She's calling me every minute. I was upstairs. She goes, what's going on? Did you did you try? Did you go on Instagram? I can't I can't I can't go on Instagram because she spends her whole life on Instagram because she does our cat thing on there. You yeah, know, I cat thought adoptions. about her yesterday. Yeah, you knew Instagram was down. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. She went. I thought she was going to have a fit. She goes, <laughs> "What's going on?" I go, "I don't know." I mean, I said, "Mine's not working either, but my Twitter's working, so it's something to do with Instagram." Sure enough, it was Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, I WhatsApp. I got to tell you, I had such a good laugh yesterday. I turned on the news. I was watching uh, Nicole Wallace. Well, by the way, I, I told you she's looking amazing. She did something with her hair. I got to go herself. check it out because I've seen her in a while. She pulled herself together nice. I mean, she always looked good, but now she's really like she said, I'm I'm making an effort to be super hot. This is an upgrade, is it? Yeah, I don't know what the body's doing. All I see is her head, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's pulling up. She must be hitting the gym or something because she's looking very, very sexy. You know, I, I monitor all those ladies on the news on she's MSNBC. She's on MSNBC. Yeah, I watch yeah, her. There's something the... going on in that universe because yeah. I've noticed a lot of the women are getting makeovers. Joy Reid has different hair hairdo every day until I, she hasn't settled on one yet. Every day right. she's got something new going on. I, I, but I, I check her out. One of the other NBC channels, and all of a sudden, the women were looking different. You know, yeah. like their hair was different, their makeup was different. Even, um, you know, the only woman who stays consistently the same is uh, Rachel Maddow. She's, you know, my wife once said to me, Rachel should wear pearls on her neck. Because she wears the same thing every night, Rachel Maddow. And she looks good. Rachel Maddow's a good-looking woman. But she's got that uniform she wears, the the suit jacket and the black shirt. She wants, she doesn't want to have any fuss or muss. She just wants to get on there and do the news, and she does it well, but... She, you know, she gives opinions, but uh, my wife said, if she put on some pearl necklace, and I told Rachel Maddow, my wife says, hey, you should wear a pearl necklace, you know. And she but said? She didn't say, she goes, oh, okay, ha, 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 you know, she didn't care about <laughs> yeah, that shit. Leave she's me alone. All, <laughs> yeah, she's kind of like Greta Thunberg, you know, she, you know, she, she's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, but blah. But I was, I put on the news, I was having a great laugh. I felt so fucking relieved. I was watching how 
Now all the Congress people, they want to go after Facebook. They want to take that shit down. They want to regulate Facebook. They want to regulate uh, all the social media. And I was laughing. I said, you know, that used to be me. Yeah. Uh, when I was on so the radio Mark with Robin. is now feeling your heat. Yeah, and better him than me. I tell you that. What happened to me, I'm doing the radio show. I'm thinking I'm funny. I'm thinking I'm cutting edge. Next thing I know, the religious right and the liberals, both of them, the first time they ever united. The religious the right, and right the left, yeah. The right and the left were united around one thing, getting me the fuck off the radio. They wanted me gone. I remember I would read the literature. Please send us money. Reverend so-and-so from the Parent Teacher Association, Parent Something Association. And uh, please send me money. We got to get this Howard Stern off the air. Please send money. And they were really going after me. They were petitioning Congress. And then the liberals, who were real liberal until it came to me, because they said I am bad for children and I was going to corrupt society and make it evil. Yeah, it's always the children are the battering ram. Now yeah. we're going to get you. And I thought for a couple of years there, I thought, oh, you know, your pal was going to be done. That's it. Robin would have had a career because, you know, she she could do news and all that other stuff. Lee, me, what am I they weren't do? touching me either. No, they, <laughs> was, no, they wouldn't. It was like we were on a, we had a nuclear radiation coming off. Of well, you, you clean up nice. I have a real problem. <laughs> I lost my gig. I think that's it. You're going to see me as a Walmart greeter because I didn't have any <laughs> other skills. But they were coming after me hard and fast. And uh, I didn't have any bank either. I mean, I was kind of like, hmm. I'm pretty close to uh, being out of my career, and I got some money in savings, but I'm not sitting here on a cushion, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you won't and I'm be like, living off of that for the rest of your uh, life. Yeah, I'm going to have to really hustle. It's going to get very sad very quick. Like, I probably would have to sit down with the kids and say, look, you want to go to college, you better get a job. Put yourself <laughs> through school. College, those kids were babies. <laughs> yeah. I almost, my kids were like seven and I had to have a discussion with them that they better start planning a career rapidly. Like by the time they're 15, if they want to go on to school, because right, I got better no, be those, one of those kids that know. starts their career at 15. But man, when the government and the, the religious right are coming after you. And again, I, I got to give full credit to my, my boss at the time, Mel Carmazan. That guy said, fuck these guys. I go, oh, Mel, this is bad. He goes, nah, it's not so bad. Fuck them. We're going to keep you on the air. Fuck yeah, you. I go, the advertisers are leaving. He goes, don't worry about it. There's other advertisers. Fuck them. Really? Yeah. He goes, fuck them. They're not going to tell me what to do. Fuck they were threatening you. Mel. They're going to take away his stations, everything. He's just, fuck you. No more licenses, all kinds of things. Yep. So don't worry about it. I got it covered. I said, man, you're my guy. Good man. He's not in the business anymore. He retired, but. I got him a lot, so I'm very grateful. But because uh, not many owners would have said "fuck you" to the religious right, who can be brutal, you know. I don't even remember all the players, but there were a bunch of them. And then there were all these like so-called preachers or pastors. I don't know what the fuck they call themselves. Yeah, but there they was hide. some woman who had a nice campaign going. Remember yeah, her. her. I remember her. <laughs> How do I forget her? She's in my nightmares. You knew you know, what and, you were um, doing. Yeah. 
And I don't know, it was, it was just a bad scene. And then I turn on the TV and, and they're all like the same groups, the liberals and the conservatives. They all hate Facebook. They hate Mark Zuckerberg. I love Facebook. I don't know where to find all these conspiracy theories that everyone's finding on there. I just watch. You don't um, post the right things. You don't make the right comments. You don't get into any yeah. kind of dialogue except with your art and stuff. So yeah. there's nothing to, to attach to you. All I watch is revenge videos where weak-looking people beat up bad guys. There's one that's so great. You know, Ralph sent it to me on Facebook. It was a, a clip from, um, what the hell's the name of that movie where the guy goes in the bar and he's got his umbrella and he beats up like 10 guys with his umbrella. Fucking is, that the, the, is that the, what is that called? The statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it's so great. It's a British dude. He's I like all, it. he's all fancy and he's everything. And he hangs up his coat and he beats the shit out of all these hoodlums. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know how many times I've watched that? I should know the name of the movie, but I don't. I think it's The Kingman. Yeah, the Kingsman. Or Kingsman. You got it. Yeah. That's good. Good recall. I don't have that anymore. I'm like, I think I'm turning into my grandpa. <laughs> What's that? My thing? dad. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa, boy, he went senile. I call it Alzheimer's now, but we used to call it senile back then. My, he was all fucked up at the end. He, uh, my dad and I had to go score cortisone for him. Crazy. Couldn't get him enough cortisone. Guy was addicted to cortisone at the end of his life because really? he had also, yeah, he had, um, he had terrible, uh, arthritis. Oh. And I don't know what doctor he was going to, but my grandpa was, you know, flat broke and, you know, an immigrant, couldn't speak any English. Guy was in this country for a lot of years, still couldn't speak any English. I used to talk to him. I go, hey, Grandpa. Uh, uh, ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he'd go, uh, and then he'd hand me some money, like a dollar or something. But a uh, guy never spoke English. But uh, I remember my father somehow got a connection to cortisone. And my dad had to go over and shoot him up. So you guys were into illegal drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I used to go over to my grandpa's place with my dad. We'd, we'd, we'd score the cortisone. My dad would score the cortisone, and then uh, my dad would go shoot him up. I would watch. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty sad. And he didn't remember anything. He went complete. And he, this whole thing in the movies, when you see guys go Alzheimer, and they're all sweet, walking around a golden pond, and, you know, hi, everybody. You know, they're all just turning into, like, really nice guys. My grandpa was fucking pissed. He just turned into a ball of anger. All the anger of his life was just seething. It was just, he was convinced. He was convinced he had $3 million and they took it from him. Wow. That, well, that isn't somebody that stole because he him. never had $3 million. Where'd that memory come from? That's why they call it Alzheimer. <laughs> this Al, this Al, Mr. Heimer must have really been a case. But this guy, he would, I'd go visit my grandpa. They took the money. They screaming loud. I told you this story many times. My father went to the bank, got an empty bank book, and he took it home. He typed in $3 million and handed it to my grandfather. And he was like, oh, thank God. Calmed him right down for a day at least. He was convinced also the guy from the old age home. You know, a devout Jewish guy with a yarmulke, the whole thing. He took care of my grandfather. He was convinced that guy had stolen all his money. And the guy was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I remember watching it. I mean, the only time I spent with my father was when we were busy giving cortisone shots to my grandfather. <laughs> my father just told me to stand there and shut up. Another great outing. <laughs> yeah. 
Dad, why are we? Shut up. <laughs> he was all Shut uptight up, with the down. cortisone. I don't know why my grandfather couldn't get cortisone. In I don't the know hospital what was or wherever he was living. Where was he? Living? I don't know. Is this like an old folks home or something? Yeah, yeah, but that's what they put him at the end. But he was living in a regular apartment for a oh. while. And I don't know. Somehow my father had to go over there and give him cortisone. I could call my mother and ask her, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, because if that's the case, I'm thinking maybe your dad got it from the doctor. I don't know where he got it, but it was all top secret. My, my old man kept it in a white paper bag, the cortisone. I'm like, isn't cortisone legal? What are we doing? I mean, what's going on? And I don't know why I had to be a part of it, but I did. You know, but. How old were you when this was going on? I think I might have been like near high school or something. Like, I know yeah. I was a little, maybe, I don't know, maybe I was 13 or 14. Who the fuck knows what I was? I don't remember anything. I just, I tell you, man, it was not a pleasant end. I don't want to go that way. Oh, speaking of the end. So uh, I woke up this morning and Beth says to me, oh, gosh, did you see um, the announcer from David Letterman? Alan Coulter died. You remember the Letterman show, the guy with the red hair? He was Dave's uh, announcer. So Beth was feeling sentimental because before I met Beth, she used to work on the Letterman show. How did she work on the Letterman show? She she was modeling and she got hired through her agency to go on Letterman and play these sketches where she'd play Alan Coulter's wife. And the the joke, I guess, was I've never seen one of these sketches. Beth claims she's got them on video and she's never shown them to me. Hmm. I want to see them, but she never shows them to me. But they would she would she played Alan Coulter's hot wife and she would uh go out in uh, what she calls scantily clad you know whatever who the hell knows what she did lingerie and they'd be in bed together and then letterman would talk to them like like they were on a remote or something and she said to me you know i worked a lot with that guy alan coulter and you know we'd spend the whole day together and she said to me you know what he was never a creep. Oh. And I, I said, really? She goes, I never once felt bad. In, you know, whenever Beth would be around guys, it always is a disaster. You know, it's there's a lot of disrespectful dudes. I can't tell I mean, if she wrote a book about the disasters of just a young girl going out on these uh, calls and things, right. it would it would downright make you weep. It's well, that's horrible. why there's a Me Too movement. It's pervasive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these guys, they get in the room with a hot chick for the most part, and they think, oh, she wants it, you know, the, because she's walking around in her lingerie. Meanwhile, she's walking around in her lingerie because you guys wrote the sketch. That's the job, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, men have a pretty low bar. If you're not a creep, that's that's big news out there in the... Uh, in women land. Yeah, that puts you way ahead of the rest. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I'd be on the set with him, and, you know, the, uh, I'd be his hot wife, and I'm laying there in the bed with lingerie and stuff, and he never once was inappropriate, didn't make me feel strange, didn't start hitting on me. He was just a gentleman, and he was a pleasure to work with. Oh, so. and now he's gone. Now like he's got, we, we lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, you know, and then she tell, I said, well, how old? See, this is the math we play. Yeah. She goes 78. I go, 
Oh, Ugh. really? She goes, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. I go, listen, honey, this is, you know, everything is about me. Uh, I go, you know, we're trying to remember Alan Coulter from the Letterman show and right away it gets All to me and sudden, I go, it's you. I go, honey, let's be honest. 78. I think they consider that you beat the odds. If you live to 78, you know, most people, that's the age they start going. You know, well, that's well, it. We've seen see people go earlier. Uh, you bet. You bet. So you make it to 70. She goes, and she gets sad. She goes, oh, you, you know. I go, I don't want to go because I know there's nothing else out there. I know. I've, I've been, I've been, I have so much religion in me. I have more religion in me than a priest. And I still know I ain't going anywhere, despite what the Long Island medium says. Jesus, you know, I should ask Beth if she wants to say something about how Alan Coulter wasn't a creep and he was a good guy. Yeah, give him a nice eulogy. Let me call her, see if she wants to come down. She might not want to come down. Sometimes she's in the mood, sometimes she's not. Let me call her real quick. That's the fastest way to get a hold of her. Hold on, Reach out to her phone. on Instagram. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. You want to come on the air and say a few words about? Oh, she's upset that I called her. I, that's that's her name. Her, her, you know, I, all right, honey, come downstairs and say a few nice words about Alan Coulter. I renamed her a while ago. Oh, did you? I have a name for her. I said, you know what? You don't look like a Beth to me. And, you know, your mother named you. And I spend more time with you than your mother does. To me, you look like a Cindy or maybe a um, Heather. <laughs> I said, which one you want? She goes, okay, I'll take the name Cindy. So now she's Cindy. <laughs> so I call her Cindy. On our anniversary card, I write Cindy. I think she likes it. But then she just started yelling at me that uh, she doesn't want me to call her Cindy. Well, that's your secret name. It's just between the two of you. I hear her. She's coming. Yeah, she's gonna. She's gonna tell you this guy was not a creep. Yeah. Well, we haven't heard that about many people lately in the news. That's why I think it's important to say because you hear about so many creeps. You hear about so many douchebags. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, Alan we're losing Coulter. governors, all kinds of people. I do not look cute. I do you not look want to so be on cute. I'm going to tell, you should be on camera because I'm going to tell people what you're living. What's wrong? What did you just do? I got pinched by these headphones. You got attacked by the headphones, sweetheart? Pinched, pinched, you know, from the, you I got, grabbed the Oh, that hinge. Exactly. Sometimes it pinches. Hi, Robin. Hi. I don't think I can hear myself. Make it, yeah, I turned them down. Oh. How's that? Hi. Hi. Do you, you miss know, me? We've been apart for I know. Well, minutes. a couple of things. First of all, I was telling Robin, my theory was that your mother named you Beth. And I said to you the other day, you don't look like a Beth to me. Really? Yeah, you're not a Beth. You're, you're, I said to you, you're either like a Cindy or a Heather. Well, my last, my maiden name is Ostrowski, and you can't really have a fancy first name. Well, what are you saying? Cindy is a fancy Cindy name? Cindy Ostrowski? Well, Cindy Stern. It's a little... I'm well, what my point, well, now I'm Stern, so... Yeah, my point is... That at least my this is so stupid. No, my point you should was, hear our conversations on our walks. They're so stupid. How fun was last night? Two ep we stayed up way too late. That's why I'm dragging my ass today. Best show on TV. Go ahead. Say what? It. But better than Bachelor in Paradise, right? 
it is so beautiful and addictive. What is it called? Oh, Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. You, what, did you oh watch it yet, God. season two? Oh, season two. It's we so love good. It. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is what I said to Beth. Are they pulling that move on Love on the Spectrum where really they're making fun Absolutely of people? Absolutely not. Wait a second. Let me put out the premise. If Are they making fun of the people with autism but doing it in a way so you think they care about people with autism? No. It's so well done. You, it's just a beautiful. I love it. I, everybody watch it and then let tell Howard your thoughts. I we really don't it. feel they're making fun I of I saw the preview oh. for it and I said, oh, that's that show they watch. <laughs> you know what oh, I love, though? Watch the first season first and then watch the second. I one. like when you're on because uh, Robin would be busting my balls right now. <laughs> About love on the spectrum, but when you're here, she's kind of like sweeter. It she's is a little so nicer. moving, and you yeah. root for them, and you just want them to find love so badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, but Robin's a little bit sweeter to me. Honey, were we not in <laughs> tears a couple times last night yep. watching it? We love it. We, they, those those kids break my heart. They, they have autism, and they just want love. They go, I want love. You know, they talk like robots. Not all of them. A lot of them do. It's a tough. It's a tough situation. Autism. The Michael character, he just breaks my heart. I just love him. So anyway, I said to Beth, your mother named you Beth. She doesn't live with I you anymore. We're talking I said, I, I live with you, and I wouldn't have named you Beth. I look at you, I see a Cindy or a Heather. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. I have two women in my life, a Cindy and a Heather, that I speak with every day. I cannot, yeah, but I would not, never, I can't even associate those names with me at all. Well, to me, I'm not thinking about Cindy, who you know, and Heather, who you know, both women I know. I'm thinking about, like... Do you know what the other choice was with my mother? It was between Beth and Katie. Kate, not Katie. Kate. I could see you as a Kate. Kate. But Beth is all wrong for you. You're too hot to be Beth. You don't like my name after I mean, I, all these years? It's okay. Years? It's not great. It's Listen, I don't, I don't like my name either. So I, so I renamed her Cindy, and I've been calling her Cindy. You just and, learned that you don't like the name Beth. Yeah. I like Cindy, and so now you're Cindy, and uh, she likes it, because even on our anniversary card, I wrote Cindy, and she liked it. We were on our walk, and we Howard asked, why did, my, why did your mother name you Beth? And I said, oh, there's this beautiful story. My mother, there was a woman in my mother's life that she really looked up to, and her name was Beth, and she always said she was going to name her daughter Beth, and so I said, but wait a second, I don't know if I'm remembering that so, um, so correctly. I said, so I said on the walk. Let's call your mother and find out why she named you. Who is this great woman named Beth? Beth? Right. Like, like she, maybe she was a doctor. Maybe she cured cancer. Who the fuck knows who this Beth is? And we should know. I said, honey, you were named after this great woman who inspired your mother, this Beth. How could we not know? She goes, you know, you're right. I'm going to call my mother and find out. So we put our mom on the speakerphone while we're, we're walking. And here's what happened. I, we asked her why. Yeah. Why did you name her Beth? And she said, um, "Well, there, there is just this lady at the furniture store that sold your father and I a couch. I her name <laughs> on her name tag was Beth, and I thought I really liked that name." <laughs> I was like, "That?" I go, "Wait a second." Wow. The one, she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "She was no nothing special. She just sold us a nice couch." <laughs> ah. So after I heard this, I said, "The woman who sold your dad a couch." Yeah, so I was just like, this is bullshit. The name Beth isn't befitting my wife. So she's Cindy now. And I, I like that I created this whole story. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you should have heard the buildup. It was so funny. I go, hey, Judy. That's uh, Beth's mom's name. I go, hey, Judy. What's the story on the name Beth? Who's this woman? Oh, uh, I don't know. She was just some saleswoman who uh, sold me a couch. <laughs> and she just fake. noticed the name on the tag. Yeah. It wasn't even like this yeah. woman impressed her at all. No. Yeah, that's just walk. We did about a three, four mile walk. She was silent the whole rest of the walk. Just like, you know, oh, my God. My head was spinning. Yeah. She always thought it was great. So, uh. What were we, why did you call me down? Oh, I'm talking Alan Coulter. Oh. So, I said I just wrote to Jill Lederman, who used to work for Letterman. Yeah. And she's the one who booked me on all of those sketches and I'm I just wrote to her and reached out to her because she was the one that um coordinated the match of Alan and me for these sketches. How did you have the tape of those sketches of you? Oh, I know how. I have a whole um I have the whole medley of no, them. No, but I'm saying how do you never show that to me? How did I never Oh, you know why? It's because Vinny um gave it to me as a wedding gift, and I think it was just the craziness of our wedding. It just sits up. I, I have, I'll yeah, find but, it. But isn't a wedding gift for both of us? I don't know. Of he, course it, it is. In a, it was in that. a card. I'll, uh, I'll find it. You really have it? I th- yeah. Why would I throw that away? I what is it, it? A video or a, it's on a um, a disc? A DVD? We don't have DVD anymore. How am I going to see it? You don't even have one player, like a CD player, nothing. What do you mean? No. Who? What do you mean? Who cares? I care. I want to. I never You've saw. Seen a few. Of I them. never saw one sketch with you on Letterman. Right. I think we started dating, and um. And then you were kicked it, off the Letterman. Well, show. no. It just. It just. Yes, you, you were. Know, you just, could say it. Well, I think what happened, honestly, is I became um, no, not known, but I was familiar as your your girlfriend, and I think it took away from a bit. Yeah, she's so nice. I was My wife the, is an angel, but here's what happened. I was an anonymous girl. In these sketches, and then I I was seen she, as your girlfriend, so they didn't use me anymore. Let's tell the heartbreaking truth. When we met, one of the high, you know, Beth would always do these modeling jobs, but one of the highlights was that she get to be on the Letterman show. She loved doing it, loved it, and she had the regular sketch with Alan Coulter, the guy who just and died. Beth right. and Alan was one of the ones, right? Too, but those two, and she loved it. She'd even say to me, "Oh, I'm going to Letterman. It's, I'm so excited. It's so much fun. It's such a you know, and and you know, it was a nice payday. The whole thing." The pay wasn't great, but it was worth doing. Oh, right. you know what? It wasn't bad for right. a day. Yeah. It was okay, you yeah. know, but but at least he got yeah, paid and you had fun. It was and, fun. Right. Just being there, the excitement of being on the set was just so cool. So when she, when a word got out she was dating me, I think they all got fucking nuts there. Like, I'm going to tell something that goes on backstage. Uh-huh. And they, they stopped using her. I was heartbroken. And I and, and she goes, Gee, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was heartbroken for you because I knew how much you loved it. And I was going to pick up the phone and oh, call God. Letterman. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> you told me no. I'm sure he had no idea. I don't know who, who knew what. I've talked to Dave about it. He said he had no idea. Of course he didn't. He didn't even know who right. I was. Yeah. But, but Jill must have known. Jill's a friend she's always gonna and it was her job so you can't say a just, bad word about anybody oh oh a, you've heard me say bad words about <laughs> that's <people>. true <laughs> she, she's like we were talking about yeah. bad breath this morning and all of the people that are just talk a little too close to you and have really bad breath right <laughs> we had some we pulled some names out <laughs> one day before i get before i retire from this thing we gotta have a real conversation on the air but anyway my point is my, I come downstairs and my wife says, you know, that guy, Alan Coulter, who I was in all the sketches with on Letterman, uh, Letterman's announcer, the guy with the red hair. I go, yeah, I know who Alan is. She goes, he died. He wasn't even, how 
old was he? Honey, you got to stop thinking like that. I'm going soon. 78? Oh, stop I said to Beth, Beth goes, that's not that old. And I go, this is how I know she really loves me. Because I go, I go, honey, that's when people start dropping dead. I mean, and she goes, no. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wasn't. Yeah. That's what I say. Oh, can I just say something about Alan? Yeah. He was so yeah, respectful, please. so kind, so friendly. I'd always be in these outfits that I wasn't the most comfortable in. They were like very. Lingerie. Yeah, or really sexy sparkle dresses that just were a little, you know, it just, I wasn't truly comfortable. And I would have to do these sometimes, um, somewhat intimate scenes with them. There was one where we were under the covers and a bed and um, they were fun and, and, and fun spirited, but he was always so respectful. And even before we taped, he would come earlier and just say hi and ask about, Oh, he knew we, I was dating you. So at the very end, those last few times I worked with him, he'd always ask about you. He'd ask about my family. He'd talk about his wife. He was just so lovely. So he never, when you're sitting there all day, you know, blocking out the scenes, he didn't like you're, you're laying there half naked and he never said to you, nothing. Hey, baby. His eyes never went past my eyes. Wow. He was awesome. I loved working with him. So, wow. I was really sad to see, to see that he passed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. We should we got- make a special note when people have been gentlemen and yeah. uh, respectful. Robin, I can't say that about a lot of the people that I worked with. She so. has had Absolutely. the worst experiences, as most women have. I know Robin's got her stories, but I know your stories are all... If you wrote a book about your stories, about what's been done to you, forget about it. It's just fucking awful. It makes me crazy. So the fact that you said to me Alan Coulter was a good dude. Gentleman. A gentleman. Yep. I thought we should say something. And you said it, Cindy. And uh, <laughs> now we won't knew. know who said it. Cindy said. Yeah. Cindy. <laughs> Robin Adderall. You know, Robin tried to change her name years ago to Ophelia. Well, and, that's uh, your middle name. Yeah, right? but so yes. that's her well, name. It's not changing. Three names. I wanted to be Robin Ophelia Quivers. You know, like well, no she, I have to she, say all three names. Oh, all at once. <laughs> yeah, she hit us over the head with. Do a I hammer. look like an Anne? That's my middle name. I think you should be Cindy, Cindy Ann, or Cindy, Cindy Beth. Ann. Yeah, because she looks like she wins a beauty. I'm wearing pageant. overalls. That's what it's, yeah, but you look like you're going to win a beauty pageant, and to me, Cindy Ann is a good one. Cindy Ann. Yeah, Cindy Ann. Hey, that I was telling a Robin. Little petticoat junction to me, Cindy. Well, she's very petticoat junction. <laughs> Cindy Lou, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But I was telling Robin how you eat nothing all day, and I don't know how you do it, and you don't drink water. I said you do everything the opposite of what the experts say, and then look at the result. I feel like I'm allergic to almonds because I'm really having a reaction right now. Oh, she's got a whole situation going on. Yeah, I have this um, on my lips. They're just inflamed and burning. And in the creases, they're raw. I cannot for the life of me figure it out. This has been going on for months. Well, any citrus in there? I mean, or immediate after the she doesn't eat any fruit. I told her she's got beriberi, but we went to the doctor and he said it was just like a a dermatitis. But um, Like a contact dermatitis. She, the the dermatologist, said it's probably I've developed a reaction to one of my products. Well, I have not been wearing anything on my lips for, I think it's been three months now. Yeah, right here in the corner, Robin. In the corners, and they just feel, they don't look it, but they just feel inflamed and they just Mm. burn. And um, so I thought it was maybe organic wine because that was the only thing that was new in my diet. But then 
I wonder if you can develop allergies to nuts as well, you are older. I don't know. The doctor said to Beth, uh, Cindy, the doctor <laughs> said to Cindy, listen, you got to go to an allergist. We got to figure out what you're allergic to. Right. There's something, there's some kind of allergy What did your mom on. say? I'm allergic to the cats. <laughs> yeah, my mother, my mother freaks <laughs> out about all of you. My mother goes, how's Beth? I go, Beth, now I have, now I lie to my mother. We told her it's all cured because my mother would call, <laughs> call every me, day. And she'd call me every day. Yeah, my mother oh my loves goodness. illness. My mother, my mother is an expert in illness and what to say and lecturing people about illness. So like she go, how's Beth? Mom, uh, Beth's lips still hurt. I was thinking about her. She's with those cats. Does she still kiss those cats on the fur? Uh, Yeah. That's what it is. Tell her to stop kissing the cats. It's enough already. So finally, every day I'm getting the call. How's Beth? Then she's calling Beth every minute. She she springs into action like Superwoman. Wow. And uh, finally, now we're lying to her. It's now I'm lying horrible. to her. I go, How's Beth? And she knows something's up because she yeah, she should have stopped already. She's still asking how you are, even though I've been telling her for two weeks. She knows. You're telling her she's fine. She's still asking. Right. She knows. Robin, I go. Mom, Beth is cured. She's completely <laughs> fine. Really? Yes. Well, that's good, but she shouldn't kiss those cats. <laughs> I go, she's fine. Stop it. Uh, but Beth hasn't gone to the allergist, so we're trying to figure out what's going on. But I was saying, I think she... See, the experts say you got to drink water, you got to eat fruits and vegetables. You got you do none of that, and look at look at her body. Well, I'm having problems. Yeah, but you, I told Robin you eat a handful of almonds for breakfast. You have a, one yogurt for lunch. You don't even put and anything then the in it. biggest dinner ever. Yeah, I told Robin what that was last night. She had pancakes and eggs, and she <laughs> ate one pancake or two, and then or and then two. egg. Yeah, honey. Two pancakes after a day of walking 8.1 miles <laughs> and doing the hydro. But Work, man, it works for me. Let me tell you, it sure does. I can't believe how lucky I am to be married. Honey, to you. all right, enough about you. Me. Got the Let's best go. body I've ever seen. Oh, please, come on. Who's this better is than silly. you? This conversation. Who's is better good. than her? Come and on. She's beautiful. What? Uh, That's right. There's no you know doubt. What? You're the most beautiful I'm woman I've ever seen. I'm the only person that he sees in the flesh. <laughs> well, now. For years now. <laughs> You're the most beautiful. Other people at one time or another. <laughs> we need to get you. I need to trot you out and about so you can see other women. <laughs> no, you're the hottest woman I've ever Thank seen. You, love. I merely mean it. I'm going to. Um, oh. Heart. Well, you have to Hold start it. tracking what happens to you after you eat the almonds. Is yeah, it no. right after and does it? I think I'm on to something. Yeah. Wait, there's another oh, who's door. that? Yeah, who is that? Oh, wow, look, it's Alan Coulter from heaven. Oh. Hi, Alan. Too soon for stuff like that. Hi, How are Howard. you? You know, now that I'm dead, I can say my true feelings. Beth, you had an ass I'd eat ice cream out of. <laughs> I knew it. City in the clouds, it's my boner. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break. That's a Definitely joke. not you can Alan. Uh, that's not. Alan would have loved what you had to say today. The fact that he was a good dude. I'm sad for him, for his family. He Wonder loved what... life. I, th I mean, I don't know if he did, but he was always such, had a smile on his face and what Talking you, to everybody, so lovely. I at this point, I always check what they die from. 
Yeah, it doesn't say. Well, yeah. I'm sure he took the vaccine, so it probably wasn't COVID. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just a heart attack or something. Who knows? You don't know. You don't. You got to eat something. Honey, Maybe that's I'm just getting lightheaded hurt. just because I'm standing you, here. A, I, I got a stool for you Yeah, but there. you don't, we can, you can. Are you lightheaded? That's the problem. You're not, not enough Well, calories. that's a problem. That is a real problem. Because that standing means, you know, long. when you, when you stand up, your blood pressure goes down. Yeah. When she was modeling, she used to pass out. Oh my God. Why are you? <laughs> Tell that story. No. You'd be standing there and all of a sudden you'd go down. Boom. Yeah. Right on the ground. It happened a lot. Yeah. Just because you're standing very yeah. still for a long time. No, yeah. no, no. You're not supposed to pass out just because you're standing. And you know that business is so fucked up, they would just prop, they'd give her some juice and then prop and her prop back her up. up. I re- <laughs> yeah, I remember it would be a blood sugar thing too. That's true. Yeah. I remember I lost all my coloring and I remember I'd fainted and I had to get up. I had to recover quickly because we were on the time, and um, they just added more blush on my cheeks. <laughs> hey, honey. I just see the makeup brush yeah. just being honey, piled on my cheeks. We're on a budget here. Time is money. Get the fuck up. Oh, my God. You, I know you, you just put your head between your legs. You drink um, some Coke. Right. And um, it is add some blush, and thing. you're good yeah. to go. Little blush. It's like a mortician got a hold of you. It actually yeah. means you need to eat a little more. Yeah. Not not before a bathing suit shoot. You don't eat for two weeks. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Don't I Th- know? That was the case back then. That's not the case now. Yeah, I got to cut my calories. I got to get in shape. Honey, look at you. I mean, I'm happy. I can't see me eating less. You look great. Stop I it. Don't. You see the belly. Tell the truth. You have a belly. Yeah. But when you did, look I never? Amazing. When I met you, I didn't have a belly. You did have a belly when we met, and then you got ripped. Rest. I was ripped. But you're thin. This is, you look amazing. So how could I have I'm a belly? I'm attracted to you. I like Are that you? belly. Yeah? Yeah. You like when it jiggles? I don't see it jiggle. <laughs> yeah. Like a bowl full of jelly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have such a good body. I would like to keep up with you, but. Thank you, love. No. You've got the best body I've ever seen Thank on a you. human being. Honestly. All right. Enough with the. That's why your name is Cindy. I can't believe that guy, <laughs> Alan Coulter, never, ever even. Never. Like, never put his hand on your thigh. Never said to you, hey, honey, let's go get some, some, uh, let's get drinks. Never. Nothing. Nope. Wow. Gentlemen. And how many guys, how many guys can you say that of? Not many. Right. Handful. Yeah. I love you too much. I love you. I love you. I'm going to try and stay healthy. What's your plan for the rest of the show? Well, Brandy Carlisle's coming in later. Oh, Robin good. and I got some ground to cover here. Hey, I'll let you two go back to your... Sweet God. love. I Dude, like it think... when you pop in. I got to see you. I know. I miss you so much. I know. Oh, look at this. The, the recommendations are coming. We tried this already. Here's Lindsay. Yeah. She's got to... Wait. Hey, Lindsay, what's your suggestion? Hi, Howard. So, I, for a year had the skin on my lips just constantly peeling off. It was horrible. I was lucky it happened during COVID. I was able to hide my lips. But I wanted to tell Beth that I went to an allergist. I had a patch test. I saw my dermatologist, had a million prescriptions. The only thing that worked was Aquaphor twice a day. That's it. I, so I tried that. that. I Sadly, tried that. The only really? thing that works is my antibiotic cream. My mom is a big aquifer. My mom used to put aquifer on everything for everything. a while. So, of course, I, you know, I, I always think she knows everything. So I became this nut for aquifer. It's like Vaseline, but probably better for some reason. And, I don't know um, why, but yes. Yeah. First thing I did, I said, honey, 
I got the cure. Put that aqua. I did, and then I that didn't work. So then I was just using regular Vaseline, and that didn't mm. work. So I have to put that um, antibiotic cream on. But I, it's not good to use every day, and I'm using it every day. Maybe you should take some uh, vitamin C. That's I'm thinking you were like a sailor, like you have berry berry from not eating fruit and stuff. Vitamin C. Yeah, because the, these sailors used to go out on the ocean, and they never had any fresh fruit. And you never eat fruit because you don't like to eat fruit. And so they got berry berry. A vitamin D deficiency. So, yeah, you might want to check that mm. out, too. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lindsay. I know. I'm in pain. Mm. Especially when you make me laugh. Yeah. Which I do a lot, actually. You make me laugh all the time. Yeah, well, I try out material on you. So you I'm going to go You're up torturing her, huh? I know. I, I do. She's, <laughs> like, we're eating dinner. She goes, I can't open my mouth to eat. <laughs> I need a straw. Yeah. Oh, here's your uh, friend, King of All Blacks. Go ahead, King. Hey, I, uh, good morning, Batman. Listen, it, the way y'all love each other, really, I know people hate on that, but I love it. I love it. And, <laughs> we and, love romance. And, um, it's true. Yeah, yep. ain't nothing wrong with that. Nope. Uh, and, um, and, but, but my question to Beth is this. With all of this love, I'm sure if Howard passes, you will never be in another relationship. Please tell me I'm right. I don't ever think of a day of my life without my Howard. Oh, so. no. So. Oh, my God. She's not answering. You, <laughs> just, I, mean, I, I can't imagine being with anybody else. She will. But but some douchebag will, some douchebag will fucking get into her First life. First of all, you're yeah. going to live to be 105. Thank you. Right? Yeah, sure. Oh, see? See? Yeah. That's not a good I hope sign, so. Howard. Uh, get out of here. Stop, stop stirring up trouble. You're crazy. You no, know. I'm not stirring up. I'm just saying. I just wanted to say because I know she loves you like that. So all for right. That, oh, okay. You would want me to be happy, right? Nah, not that happy. <laughs> I just picturing not some really. zero. I'm, st- I'm I'm picturing some zero belly fat dude being with my Beth. I'm gonna uh, be ninety when you go. Well, that's that's right. But you'll be hot. I know you. Ninety. You will. I just know it. I just know it. The hottest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, stay away from my woman. But uh, if you would, if you don't mind, yeah. You go like this with your hair. My hair looks flat. Yeah, just poof it a little bit. There you How's go. How's that? Better. Better. I don't know why it flattens out like that. I put tons of look, gel in. You look great. I just was helping. I gelled the shit out of this thing last you look night. Great. Yeah. You're just not so much... looking in your mirror when you do your puffing. No, I I put a did you put the mirror? A, I, yeah, I went to the mirror. I have half a bottle. I go through a half a bottle of gel every night trying every to get. Night? I even added that mirror outside your studio. I got a mirror right over there, and it's got a light on it. Good. Yeah. I'll take a look in it every once in a while. Here's somebody who says Alan Coulter was a really nice guy. Let's maybe he's got a story. How do you know Alan Coulter? Hey, Howard. For- Hey, first time, long time. Um, hey, Alan, um, I met him a few times. We have a marketing research company down in uh, in the Baltimore area, and uh, his wife Peggy was a was a research consultant. So um, she would, was a client of ours and would do focus groups, you know, and, and interviews at our at our offices. And Alan would actually come down with her, like back when he was on the on the Letterman show, and he would, you know, he'd just show up just to kind of try to help her out. He'd be, you know, helping her interviewing people about their diabetes medication or their you know, wow. um, with the big voice, that's that. nice. Like it'd be like, uh, how, what diabetes medication are you on? <laughs> you know, like with the deep voice, that's yeah. nice. I 
loved his yeah, voice. Exactly. And you know what yeah, Letterman he, said? He, he Letterman, issue, Letterman issued a statement and he said, you know what? When our Bill Wendell was our announcer for 15 years, when he retired, uh, my producer, Bob Morton, brought in a bunch of tapes of different guys for the job. He said, I listened to Alan's. I heard that voice. I said, you don't need to look any further. And they hired Alan because wow. of his voice. Yeah, that's what Letterman said. I think he so. said it was the first one he listened to. Yeah, and he said, that's it. That's what, that's what we're going to have. Uh, yeah. Hey, anyway, Ted, I got to go. Right, me too. No, you don't. Cindy out. Do you, Cindy, do you <laughs> want to hear more? Um, people say with the lips, they got situation here. Figure it out. You want to do it? Yeah, find the best one. All right, let's see. Or if you have um, any thoughts, um, email my <laughs> foster kitten account. Here's the problem, the road you're going down. Here's the problem with <laughs> yeah, the road you're going Yeah, don't do down. that. <laughs> you're making a big mistake. Because as well-meaning as my audience is, I've been through oh, this I have with somebody them. that reads them first before they forward them to me, so I don't get oh. any negative emails. No, I don't it's read not, one. It's they not don't. negative. People with their health oh, uh, stuff, oh, they're oh. going to scare the shit out of you. I got Plus, things going on. I don't talk about it on the air. Every person is individual. Right. And mm, what's right. happening with you might sound the same, but it's not the same. Right. Yeah, you know, like with this audience, I go, oh, my asshole itches. Two seconds later, guy calls in. Your asshole itches. Well, I my uncle's his asshole itched, and guess what? <laughs> Two days later, he had a heart attack and died because he didn't get it. You know, it, they got the worst stories out there. But is but, your asshole itch? No, oh. I don't. I got a Toto toilet. I was doing a bit with Robin this morning. I said, I don't even think you shit. You eat so little. I said, if anything, it's the size of a Tic Tac. It's like a pellet. <laughs> then Robin, I don't need this right now. How many times a week are you going it's anyway? None, it's none of your business, and it's none of the business of, of the, the show. millions of people that are listening right now. Chris, you're on the air in New Jersey. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just wanted to tell Beth, um, this is Chris. I, I adopted a bunch of cats, Grace and Muffy, from you guys. My wife is Bernadette. Oh, yes, she's of course. Uh, you know us, right? Um, oh. She's developed a lot of food allergies uh, as she's gotten, mm. like, recently, like, as an adult. So, you know, you have to go to the, the uh, like, an allergist, and they, they do these tests on your skin, and they check yeah. for all different kinds of foods to see what it is, you know, and they yeah. can narrow it down. So it's definitely possible that, that it's a food allergy that, that you never had before. Well, we went um, to the I, doctor. You know, and- that just to, we went to go the ahead. doctor, and the doctor said the same thing you're saying, but Beth won't go, I mean, Cindy won't go to the... Uh... Why won't you go to the allergist? I will. I will. Yeah. Chris, how are your boys? Everybody good? They're, yeah, they're doing great. And, and uh, Mama Gracie, the, doctor, the cat? You know, how's she doing with her yeah, um, she, stomatitis? She's actually doing, she's actually doing better. It's, it's going much longer between... Between times that, that we have to get her, you know, treated. So hopefully it's she's going to grow out of it or something. But everybody's doing good. But you should you should call Bernadette and talk to her because you know she's been through going through this with a bunch of different foods popping up, and maybe she could help you out. So what was the food? What's the food that uh, she was allergic to? Apple apples. She, wow! She's oh, wow! Apples that she's so random before in her life. And yeah, and then then it now it turned into um, celery. She gets a reaction, and mm. uh, cantaloupe. So it, it it's it's weird that that you know as a full you know an adult that all of a sudden this kind of yeah. you know, came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, um, and I'm reaching the big five zero. So yeah, you. Do, can you Don't believe reach that? Too hard for that. <laughs> right. I can't wait till I turn fifty. Um, can you believe that we've adopted out almost sixteen hundred cats? And I know Chris and Bernadette, and know their cats Gracie and Davy from. The first 10 cats that we ever fostered. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I yeah. know. I remember all of the cats that have come through our home and the families who adopted them. Yeah, you do. Man, 1,600 cats through here. I, I love it. I was wondering how many cats the other day. I don't know why, but it just popped into my head. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm looking at this list. There's so many people on the phone who think they know how to cure your lip issue. So it's a common thing that actually makes me feel a little bit better about this. I was really freaking out. I've never experienced anything like this. I'm yeah. so healthy. I know. You know. Well, you know, this shit happens. Yeah. Start getting older. I don't think people want to keep talking about my lips. So let's. I do. I'm having fun with you. You're always like running out of here. When I first met Beth, the first night we met, no, second date we had. That was the same when, night, right? No. Well, pretty much. Pretty close. Well, the second date, I, I figured, well, let me kiss her. I go to kiss her. She starts laughing, and I'm kissing her teeth. And then, and I then, turned around and, and ran. And she turned around and ran down the hall. I don't know <laughs> like, why. And you've been running ever since. I would do anything if there was a camera of the yeah. video of that. Yeah, we should have met on The Bachelor. Then uh, we'd have a whole tape <laughs> of our Bachelor relationship. Bachelor Paradise. That would be great. This fucking guy who runs around naked, that guy, Kenny, drives me crazy on that show. <laughs> I, I, what kind of douchebag walks around? I mean, if you walked in a room. He likes how he looks. Yeah, but come on. Showing off his big dick. He's on TV. Maybe he's hoping to get some modeling work. Oh, come on. He's 40 years old. What's he doing? Well, if you saw a guy walking around with a schlong hanging out, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and date him? Well, one girl seemed to like it. Yeah, Two she, girls. <laughs> I know. I think there was like a bunch of girls fighting over him, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a ton of people on the phone saying. Did you talk about the the finale that we saw? Oh, when was it? No, I can't. Uh, I no, I can't. Yet. Oh, oh, uh, it's just very, very satisfying. So good. It's uh, we loved it. Fantastic. A lot of romance. It's fantastic. Really? Yeah. I can't decide what's the best show on TV. I'm either going with Love on the Spectrum. And then Bachelor in Paradise. You said the other night we finished Bachelor in Paradise. You go, that's the best show on television. So, honey, you're exactly right. Yeah, but we didn't want we. I was. And then we see of, Love on the Spectrum, and you go, it's the best show on television. Yeah, but you cry and root for these people. It's just a different feeling. You can put them into categories. What about Beverly Hills Housewives? Very good. Yeah, not I as good. It. It's just different. I love them all. Don't you love that? I love all that fucking shit. I never have watched a baseball game or a football game or a. I'm a, I don't, I, I hear guys talking about the Yankees and the Red Sox and I'm like, I didn't even know they still played. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Give me love on the spectrum any day of the that's week. That's your sport. That's my, that's my Super Bowl right there. <laughs> I can't wait to get into bed and watch it with you. Anyway. Anyway. All What's right. that t-shirt? I like it. The Who? Oh, the Who. Yeah. She's got a uh, Who t-shirt. Is that uh -huh. an original? No. Hmm, it's cute. I'm friends with Pete. Right, I know. Townsend. Yeah. Beth he knows. didn't send me this, though. <laughs> Beth knows Pete Townsend. Met him many years ago. But, uh, I don't know. That's it. Yeah. It's excitement for the day. What you doing? You're going to go up with the cats? Yeah, today's the day I uh, do the bleach out of all the litter boxes. She's probably, how many, does your ring say how many miles? I have my phone. You don't have the phone? 
That ring she wears tells her how many miles. She's probably clocked already two and a half miles in the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that much now. No. All right. All right. I love, I love you. you. I can't you bear you leaving. I can't even bear. Bye, Robin. I love you. Bye. I miss Good you. To see you. Okay. Bye, love. Bye, sweetheart. <laughs> Don't take off your pants. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the other day, one of the, one of the cleaning women was here, and we were just—I was just kidding around with her, and I go, "You know what? Take off your pants and shirt right now." <laughs> and just just fucking around. And uh, the cleaning woman was right there in the room. I oh, know no. Yeah, so she probably thinks I'm... You know. Now she's writing a book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, take off your pants right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that... Yeah, that's that covers everything that's been going on. Alan Coulter, I wanted to talk about. Did you uh, see 60 Minutes this week? No. Because they did a thing on Tony Bennett. I can't believe you just, I, I wrote that, look at this. Look what it says on this piece of paper, Tony Bennett. Really? Yeah, I didn't know wow. you were going to talk about that, but I wanted to say something about him. Because I've been having thoughts about him. You know, Tony Bennett, I mean, Robin knows this, but it, Tony Bennett's done our show like four or five times. Yeah. And uh, Tony Bennett, for you younger folks, He's like one of these, uh, he was like a Frank Sinatra era dude, but they even, even Frank Sinatra said, Tony Bennett's my favorite singer. That's right. You know, and Tony Bennett, uh, is 95 years old. He's still around. Guy's a decent painter too. He studied at the art students league. I happen to know that, but, uh, that aside, he's considered us great singer. One, one of the greatest. And in fact, when we did that big show with Billy Joel, where we, we had him on for three hours and we invited other people to come do songs, Tony Bennett goes, what do you, I want to do New York State of Mind. I'll come over there and do it for you whenever you want. Yeah. And Billy, and Billy loves, 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 loves Tony Bennett. Just, you know, so it was, it was just a home run when Tony showed up and uh, really made Billy's day, made my day too. It was great. So anyway, I've been reading about how Lady Gaga works with Tony Bennett sometimes. And I read that Tony Bennett had Alzheimer's and I've been reading that for a couple of years now, but it seemed like he was still working. But the weird thing is Tony Bennett, it, it, he, he, and this made me so sad when I read it to Tony Bennett, he can, Lady Gaga was saying like, she's in the studio with him and he doesn't even know her name. Right, he doesn't doesn't refer to her. He doesn't remember who she is. Yeah, I didn't realize this was all from sixty minutes. I, I was just reading about it, and so she so she says. But then we go out on stage and we do the songs. He knows every lyric. He doesn't have to have them written down. And he and then afterwards he says, "Hey, you know, Lady Gaga or Stephanie, whatever he calls her," and he knows her name perfectly. Mm -hmm. And some doctor was saying with Alzheimer's. The part of the brain that doesn't remember, that's one part of the brain, but the part of the brain that deals with music, that's the emotional part of the brain, and the brain never forgets emotion. Right. Which is unbelievable. So Tony Bennett can go out and sing with Lady Gaga, know her name, and then walk off the stage with her and goes, oh, hi, ma'am, you know, like, who the fuck are you? Right. It's well, crazy. He, you know, they did this um, appearance at Radio City Music Hall, and yeah. he hadn't said her name in like months, weeks, whatever. He hadn't said her right. name. 
And then when it was time for her to come out on stage, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Lady Gaga. <laughs> she was just like, what? Wow. So you probably think, oh, maybe he's bullshitting. Maybe he doesn't have Alzheimer's because, you know, if Lady Gaga's probably like, oh, he was just fucking with me. He knows my name. And then two seconds later, he doesn't know her name when they get off well, the stage. Well, you know, this was a big concert and mm -hmm. it was his last one. You know, right. he has denounced, I'm not doing this anymore. And the, and um, Anderson Cooper did this piece. Right. And the next day or they two couple of days later, they're sitting in Central Park. Anderson says, Anderson has to remind, you know, he says, you, you did that great concert the other day. I saw you at Radio City Music Hall. And Tony's like, oh, yeah. Uh. He doesn't Didn't know. have any memory of the concert. Oh, that's so sad. What a nice guy to us, anyway. I don't know. Yeah, he was always just so sweet, and his son, his son's so devoted oh, to him. His son, yeah, yeah. They, you know, he'd bring him around. And, uh, but too bad he can't just spend the rest of his life on stage. Then he wouldn't have Alzheimer's. He could just stand there. But and, it, uh, it all goes eventually, you know. Yeah. Like it doesn't just uh, leave the other parts alone. Hey, I'll tell you what. If I get that. And they find out that if you just park me in front of a microphone, I'm I'm back to normal. Just wheel me in here and let me talk. <laughs> but what they were saying too is that uh, Tony Bennett's wife revealed that Tony doesn't know he know he has Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know no, he has. It. Why would you yeah. know that? I don't know. I figured someone should tell him. <laughs> but maybe he forgets. I'm telling you, my grandpa right. had the same shit. They used to call it senility. Such a fucking drag. He went full-on fucking senile and got angry. You know, my grandpa had a shit life. I mean, you want to talk shit life. I mean, it's just as bad as it gets. It was horrible. As children, all the children die. Has to have more children. Moves Somehow gets to America. Working in a sweatshop. Got to strip down to his underpants. Uh, and, and, uh, work to work. My dad, yeah. My dad said he'd go over, he'd see him in the sweatshop. He'd be in his underwear because, because you sweat, you know, it's, it's fucking hot in there. It he is was, a sweatshop. That's why they it was, it was, yeah, yeah. It, 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 he was a pants presser and they lock you in a room with no windows. It's fucking crazy. And, uh, just had a shit life and they, and they were, they never could make rent and they moved every month. And sometimes for heat, they'd have to like burn a new stand down. It's crazy stories, you know, no shoes. Imagine you go, you know, you're living in America, you don't have shoes. It's just crazy stuff. My father says he brings, he went to school with two left shoes. You know, my father did. So, you know, my grandpa, this, I don't know, not a good, not a good earner. Let's put it that way. And why he kept well, having more kids. Howard, he didn't even speak English. How is he going to hey, get a job? Well, what's he having four children for? And then when they die, he got four more. What's he doing? Who's he think he is? Rockefeller? I mean, come on, figure it out. <laughs> Maybe do the math and say, I don't think I'm in a position to raise children. <laughs> and then he's always hocking my father. You got to go out and get a job and quit school. Well, if like, he hadn't done all that, you wouldn't be here. I'd be talking to nobody. Uh, you'd be talking to Fred. What do you think <laughs> would be going on? <laughs> Fred's like, I only wish Howard wasn't here waiting for me to go. He wants to take over. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. And my grandpa, then it gets to the end of his life. Oh yeah, and the woman of his the love of his life gets hit by a car. They were talking. They were taking a walk upstate New York on a little a little walk on the country. Some guy drives by, hits his wife, and drives off. Hit and run. Uh. Marries a new broad. 
every minute my grandpa thinks the broad's cheating on him. You had to see this. I mean, no, she wasn't cheating with anybody, but he started to go senile. <laughs> and that's where that came from. Yeah, I'd go over there with my father to shoot up my grandfather with cortisone. This is the poor guy's end of his life. Can't even get cortisone in, in America. And so we go over to shoot him up, me and my dad. And um, he's screaming. His wife's cheating on him. That's when we locked him up in the loony bin. You know, the old age home, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to go over and watch him screaming and yelling. People are stealing his money. The guy didn't have a dime. But uh, crazy. What a life. You know, what a life. <laughs> life was much tougher. You know, people keep saying yeah. both times are bad. You don't know bad times. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear these stories, we're living in the lap of luxury. Yeah, Grandpa Stern. I'd have, my mother would tell me the stories of my grandpa. My father never talked about his father. My mother would tell me stories saying he was a nice guy, and I didn't know because he didn't speak English. He'd just see me go, like that. I don't know what he was saying. He loves you. Yeah, yeah. Me and my mother go, he's very sweet. I go, he scares the shit out of me. Like You know, when you're a little kid and some guy comes up to you, he's like, you're like, oh, man, where do I come from? Where, where am I? Uh, what, what, am I a descendant of apes? I guess I am, actually. <laughs> you know, like, and, and um, my mother goes, he's the sweetest man. He was good to me. He accepted me into the family and he was happy. And I go, oh, okay. You know, I said, okay. She loved him. He was a good man. Grandpa well, Stern, rest in peace. Yeah. 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 And, you know. Like Alan Coulter, he never hit on Beth, so it was good. <laughs> yeah. No, life used to be real hard. You know, yesterday I was laughing. Yesterday, Facebook and Instagram went out. People people were suffering. And, oh, yeah. You know, it was so funny to me because yeah. I was like, my life has not changed. <laughs> me neither. Other people are freaking all over the world, not just in the United States. Yeah. All over the world, people were freaking out. That's when you know you got it too good when you're freaking out about Instagram. So there you go. All right. I got to take a little break here. We've got a lot to get to. And like I said, uh, when Beth was here, that um, Brandy Carlisle is going to come in. Also, hey, I'm getting a lot of mail. And I know you yeah. are too, Robin, that uh, Cocktober, people are like, hey, Howard, it's October. What happened to Cocktober? You right. do it every year. Yeah, people are saying that what's happening. Uh, I can tell you right now, Cocktober is going to happen. <laughs> it's just that uh, this week we were busy, but Cocktober, I can't even believe it's already Cocktober. I know. Um, anyway, this year we want to see your stupid penis tricks. <laughs> stupid penis tricks for Cocktober. If you're 18 or older, email us a photo or a video to Cocktober at HowardStern.com. Cocktober at HowardStern.com. Oh, this is open to the public, just not... Uh, Sal and Richard? <laughs> well, Sal and Richard have something planned, but, you know. Anyway, do it before October 17th, and we might have you on the show. All right. Yeah. but uh, And we got some other October events that, of course, we're going to present, but I'd like to keep them a little mysterious. I don't need to lay everything out here for you. But there will be a full celebration. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And I know you love it. You can act <laughs> like you don't, but you do. There was a thing, you know, the app, um, you know, NBC, their app is called Peacock. Yes. 
which is weird, but I know they have a peacock logo. So they were promoting their peacock peacocktober. And they don't I don't know if they get it or not, but <laughs> you know, Gary told us about that after the show mm. yesterday and yeah and uh last night I was sort of looking around for things and I saw the sign that says Peacocktober and I laughed yeah. my butt off. I was like, Yeah, yeah Peacocktober. They don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Well maybe they do. <laughs> Times have changed. Oh, you know who wanted to just comment real quickly? Uh we saw that our friend Whoopi Goldberg who uh, we we certainly love, she re-signed with The View. You know, when she took that job, I was like, eh, she'll probably be there for two years because they always rotate people. People go in and out of that show, The View. Right, but she has stayed and stayed. Yeah, Whoopi's uh, still there, and uh, she just re-signed. She's going to do another couple of years on The View. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that should be her at the door right now. Yeah. Let me open it up, Rob. Yeah, let her in. Oh, hi, Whoopi. How are you? Hey, hey, uh, hey. hey, how are you? Hi, Howard, Robin, how you doing? Good to see you guys. Hi. Well, we just hi. wanted to quickly say congratulations on the new uh, four-year contract you just signed for The View. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I thought about going back to the movies, but ABC threw so much money at me. I figured the color purple, too, can wait. You know what I'm saying, Howard? Yep, yep. I'm telling you. Uh, you know what? The movies don't pay what they used to pay, Whoopi. Uh, yeah, it, I know. We, we had Jake Gyllenhaal on here. I could sit here. on my ass for 16 hours in a trailer, or I could sit on my ass at The View for an hour and make a lot of money. What am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to exactly. do? You know? I guess well, there's no choice, yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Hey, uh, you, were, you, you guys are working from home, too, right, for the past 18 months, but now you're back in the studio. What's it like? Because we're, we're still working from our house. Oh, my God. It is so stressful, you know? I mean, imagine trying to escape from Kabul Airport every day. That's what the show is like. It's chaos. It's stress. It's, it's nuts. It's trying to finagle this and that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's crazy. Robin and I were talking about how, um, the you know, the Megan McCain, she left your show. And, all. <sighs> and that must have been a relief because... I mean, some of those fights, you ladies. I put together a tape to remind people of the fights. L listen to this. This is the view with uh, Whoopi and the, and the gals with uh, Megan McCain. When you talk about Holocaust survivors, yes, it is. my producer yes. who produces me yes, every day's grandparents. We're going to break, and, and when we come back, you can continue talking, but now we're going to break, so we'll be right back. I'm cutting you off because we have to go, Megan. And the greenhouse <laughs> effect and, and the fact that... Can we focus on the president, yeah. please? I, you know, I, just, I don't want to talk about Trump. Well, I do for a second. So, of, we're honoring a great president. Excuse me a second, please. I, I want to talk about but the we're difference. Honoring, but I'm not interested in your one issue. I don't care what you're interested in. I'm talking. I don't care you know what you're interested in. We'll be right back. Boy, I, I don't I'm care just, if he's apologizing. He just embarrassed himself. I don't care that you don't care. Like just hear what well, I'm I don't saying. Care that okay, you don't care. we're going to go. We're going to know. Well, then good, Megan. Then you can be how you always are. We'll be right back. You always are. Wow. I got to tell you. Whoopee. I got to tell you, I I thought she added a nice energy to the show. I like the arguments. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you make me listen to that. It's like PTSD, right? I, she, Megan, you know, she. I wanted to kill her at times, but honestly, I I kind of miss her a little bit right now. You know, I miss that energy. Like yeah. I like the peace and quiet, you know. But Megan did give the show a bit of an edge, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Plus, she would tell Joy to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Are you gonna replace? Megan with someone or what what's going on there? 
I mean, yeah, we're gonna, but you know, not with somebody who wants to talk politics. You know, Howard, I'm I'm so sick of that. Like, I want, I want to talk five minute facials, not the motherfucking infrastructure. You know what I mean? I want fun. Yeah. I want happy talk. Right. Want, right. What do you think? Like, I want, you know, I want to talk this serious shit. I want Ellen's game of games. I don't want to talk about Roe v. Wade. I want to make fish tacos with Emerald. That's what I want. Where's the kitten bowl? I'll host that shit. <laughs> Give me yeah. the kitten. Can you get me the kitten bowl, Howard? I could get you that. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do that. But, by the way, I think you're way off. People watch The View for the news. They want to see yeah. what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's some sad shit. People rely on me for the news. I mean, what do I know about that stuff? I'm I'm, a, I'm a singing nun in the movies. You know what I mean? I'm jumping yeah. Jack Flash. I don't know about the debt ceiling. That's uh, no wonder we're a nation of morons. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. you you think people should listen to me for the news, Howard? I mean, I, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're on that show. I don't know. I don't think anybody should listen to anybody about the news. It's getting so confusing. I'll be you honest. Know what? I, you know You're making me crazy. I'm getting all charged up right now. Do you mind if I take a hit off my vape? I got to go ahead. Down. I love that. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. All right. I, I got to. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> One hit off the magic flute. That's all I need. That's what I call it, my magic flute. <laughs> anyway, you're making a lot of good points, okay? And I just wanted yeah. to congratulate you. That's it. Thank you so much, Howard. You know, I mean, do you have any ideas for replacements? I can't think of anybody who could be fun but bring an edge and spice it up. Mm, let me think. Not any name, would be, well, Britney Spears, maybe. She's liberated now. <laughs> what about Britney Spears? Ooh. Oh, that might be good, you know, because that poor girl, she's been locked away for 20 years, so she won't have any political opinions. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know what would be good? Well, Honestly, Caitlyn Jenner. What do you think of her? Ooh. Oh, no. Mm, hell no, I don't think so, because, you know, she's a homophobic trans woman, and you know the <laughs> migraine it would give me to talk to that bitch every day? Forget about well, it. Well, no. I'll tell you what. How about this? Bring back Barbara Walters. That would be oh. fun. I'd like to see. Wow, what do you mean? Oh, this is good. <laughs> Barbara Walters, I'd watch that. I mean, that's interesting because, you know, she don't know what she's going to say, so you don't know what she's going to say. Nobody knows what she's going to say. That'll be really exciting. That, that might be a good one, Howard. You know it would be good? Eh? Who would get you guys fucking crazy? Oh, is oh, that, oh, oh, oh. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that uh, oh. woman who supports QAnon <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Are you, Howard, did you hear what you just said? Georgia representative was supporting. Now, I got three words for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Kiss my taint, bitch. I mean, that's four words, but, you know. That's four words. I was just going to say that. What about, I'll tell you who, from Dancing with the Stars, Olivia Jade. Get her on there for the young kids. Oh, my. There you go. Who? Olivia well, Jade. Olivia, oh, yeah, that yeah. girl with the, yeah, 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 with the parents and the money and the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she coughs up 50 grand. Her parents cough up 50 grand. I could probably make that happen, you know. Right. I need a gazebo. <laughs> Be a good opportunity Actually, for better yet. Make her parents pay me 50 grand and she could just pretend to be there. I, I think it'd be a good opportunity for Olivia to reinvent herself. Yeah, but re I mean, you know, listen, this show ain't where you come when you fuck up somewhere else. You'll take that shit to Dancing with the Stars. She's on Dancing with the Stars. You right? know who would be good on The View? But I don't even know you could get her, Oprah. You get Oprah oh, on there. Uh, Oprah. Oh. Oprah. Are you high, Howard? Howard, <laughs> are you, are you high? <laughs> no. Are you, taking a, are you taking hits off my vape pen, Howard? No, I, I didn't touch your vape pen. I mean, 
We ain't got Oprah money. Come on. I mean, yeah, sure. Let's get Oprah. And while we're at it, how about I buy a solid gold car and sprinkle diamonds on my Cheerios to make my shit log sparkle? Well, listen. <laughs> anyway, good luck. You know, if I if I think of someone, I'll let you know, okay? Thanks, Howard. Howard, one more hit on the vape pen, and let me say goodbye to you to right All right, way, go okay? ahead. Okay. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I feel good. <laughs> okay, you guys, I love you so Take another much. Hit. Robin Lance. Okay, one, one more. Yeah, go one ahead. more. Okay, Don't you think it's a little early to get high? Never, Howard. You want some? (laughs) (laughs) One more, one more. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) What does this stuff do to you? (laughs) Don't ruin her head, Robin. (laughs) Robin, you look so pretty. I hope you're not driving, honey. I'll tell you I that. I want Rosie O'Donnell back on the view. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I want Jake Gyllenhaal on the view. <laughs> you get me Jake Howard? <laughs> you take one more hit, you're going to go right to the moon, I'm telling you. Oh, one, more, one more, last, one last one. One. one more, I don't know. You're not going to be any. Brad Pitt and put my shoulder shirt on. Needs the man meat on the show. (laughs) I think you're ready to go to work now. Yeah, bring on the politics. I'll take them all. Yeah, you're going to be fierce today. I'm going to tune in, I'll tell you. I'm getting a contact high right here. You're going to hear something you like, Howie, baby. (laughs) Tell you something, sweetheart. Whatever you got, I need some of that to relax, I tell you. I, I you do. want to be my house boy? Come on over here and spend some time with me, Howard. <laughs> oh, oh, uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh! <laughs> I can't stop! <laughs> 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 she's just going. She's chaining now. Oh my god! All right, honey. Listen, oh. you, 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 thank you for getting in touch with us. And uh, oh, you congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Congratulations! Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. <laughs> she won't even notice the studio audience today, I'm sure. <laughs> you want me to ruin her head? Watch this. Uh, I'm going to ruin her high. Watch this. Okay. Hey, Whoopi. Yeah. Megan McCain. 
Wait a minute. That makes me need to take another hit. No, stop it. All right. Goodbye, Bobby. I'm going to, I'm going to close the door. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's still there. <laughs> I don't know. That door yeah. did nothing. I hear her. Back in the movies, take me to the moon. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, uh, let me um, thank you, Whoopi. Bye. Wow. Bye. October. Happy October. I got this whole routine. I live with six cats of our own, you know. Not, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the Fosters. I'm talking about we have six cats. Your own cats. Yeah. And it was. I was so busy yesterday running around with the show and getting prepared and i don't know it was just a million things to do but i i vowed that every night i would brush walter my cat mm-hmm. walter boy then I, I had to stick to it so i ran downstairs after i finished all my work and i said to beth i'm gonna sit here and brush the cat she says well you better you better brush mushu too <laughs> mushu peaches that's another one of our cats this cat the unbelievable we we took this cat in Cat won't go to anybody. Completely unfriendly, like scared of her own shadow. Everyone, no one could even approach this cat, Mushu Peaches. Cutest cat you ever saw. Long, thick hair, uh, you know, beautiful eyes. She's just a beautiful cat. So we, of course, adopted her, made her one of our own. She was going to be a rescue. And we were like, well, I don't know if anybody would put up with her because, she, you know, she's kind of feralish. If you will, she's half feral. You know, you know what I mean. She just won't go up right. to anybody. She doesn't like people, and she doesn't go yeah. to you. She's a sca- she's scared of people, and you know, yeah. you think about it. If somebody owns this cat, what are they going to do? Let's say there's a fire in the house or something bad's happening. You can't even pick her up. You can't even get to her. She runs away. So mm. we took her in, and I said to my wife, "You know what? I'm going to make her my project." So uh, every day I'd sit on the floor with some treats in my hand. She's very food motivated, motivated, and I would just like sit there like Buddha style with my hands folded, sit in there, you know, and I'm doing the math too. I'm like, you know, I'm giving this cat like an hour of my time in an hour. I could make some decent bread if I'd even, you know, do like a game show or something on TV. I've turned down game shows because I'm too busy and now I'm spending an hour trying to <laughs> domesticate a cat. I've turned down real work. You know, even Sirius is probably saying, well, if you got an extra hour, why don't you do another day of shows and we'll give you some more dough. You know, we could get paid more, Robin. But. Well, what are you doing? Yeah, well. You're with the cat. <laughs> people like, well, I need time off. What do you need time off? Are you going to train the cat? So <laughs> I sit there like a Buddha. I don't move. I got the, the treats in my hand. And every day, like I do a Hansel and Gretel routine, I put one on the floor a little closer to me, a little closer to me, and the cat's following the path down to my treats. And she likes those treats. And someday she'd be staring at me going, I want that fucking treat, but I'm not going near you. (laughs) That's what she would say. She'd be salivating, looking at the treat that I'd put right near me. Yeah. And then Beth would say to me, you got to give her that treat. I go, nope, she's got to come to me if she wants that treat. Well, this goes on for months. 
And I'm sitting she never, there like Buddha. For months, she didn't come near that last That's week. right. That's right. But I said, it's going to work. Because I see she wants it. She got that look on her face. I was vibing with her. I mean, I was doing the eye-to-eye contact with the cat. <laughs> and she's sizing me up. And I'm talking to her the whole time. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to treat you well. I'm never going to hurt you. I'm never going to do anything to you. I'm just going to give you good things. You're going to get good things from me. You don't have to be afraid of me. Over and over again, I'm saying it. And meanwhile, this is turning on my wife because she's like, wow. This guy's really fucking sensitive. And I'll tell you, I, I never got laid more than when I was doing this whole training routine. Because she looked at me like I was a Gandhi, you know? How many men do you see really working a cat like this? Even I loved me during this period of time. <laughs> you thought better of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm a good guy. <laughs> My friend Pat is right. I remember when I was getting married to Beth, I said, I can't believe she's marrying me. He goes, she's marrying you. You're a catch. You're marrying her. You better adjust your thinking. And he helped me out a lot, you know. Pat was a man of wisdom. He always used to straighten you out. Yeah, I haven't seen my buddy Pat in two years. I know. One of my, one of my closest friends. I haven't even seen this guy. Right. I, we, we call each other on the phone occasionally, but you know, I'm not good with the phone and he's a real man. He, you know, he didn't want to be on the phone either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You need to be lifting weights when you're talking to Pat. Yeah. Running, lifting weights and being masculine. <laughs> you know, talking about how we have no problem with homosexuality, but we're totally straight. <laughs> that kind of conversation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. I'm telling you, man, I sat there. And then one day, months later now, all of a sudden, Mushu Peaches starts eating out of my hand. Ah. Yep. And then I take my right hand. And I try with the left, I got the treats and in my right hand, I'm trying to pet her a little bit. And then I keep creeping the, the, the treats closer to my lap. So she has to get into my lap to get her treat Aww. and I'm petting her and, and I'm doing this and I'm doing it. And now I got a cat. She, she hates Beth, but she loves me. <laughs> this cat and Beth's even like, I can't believe this cat hates me. I go, <clears throat> and I think it's funny. I laugh just like you are. I laugh the whole time. It's so great. Like, look at this. Like, you. oh, you're Miss Cat. You're the one who gets all these animals adopted. Look how this cat loves me. <laughs> but it kind of backfired on me because uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mushu, I don't know what she's eaten. She's gotten very fat. She's really heavy. And now when she takes a dump, sometimes it's a little loose. And because she's a long hair, the dude gets caught in the fur. And we don't even know it at first, but because I'm the only one who can get close to her, because she cuddles up to me, I'm sitting on the couch one night, and I'm like, whoa. What is that smell? What the <laughs> fuck is going on with you, Moosh? I thought it was her. I, th I said, I think Moosh needs a teath cleaning. Oh. Because uh, I, I, I thought it was her breath. If she turned around, it was her tush. Ta-da, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was the tush. And uh, Beth says, well, you you got to do something about it, because you're the only one who she goes to. I go, wait a second. Don't make this backfire on me. 
What do you mean I got to do something? She says, first of all, take a look. Yeah, she says, take a look back there and see what's doing. So I'm, I, I got to go through a whole routine. I'm sitting there, I'm petting the cat. I'm, you know, I'm doing everything right. I'm like, you know, and then I lift the tail up a little bit so she won't run away because she's very sensitive. I lift up the tail. There's dude. Ooh. And it's caked in there. Like the dried up duty on the All fur. All that hair, right? So I said to Beth, listen, this is where I check out. I'm the good guy. <laughs> She goes, yeah, but I do all the dirty work. The cat hates me. You got to figure out something. So I was brushing her with that uh, wire brush. I said, maybe I could get back into that dude area and like maybe pick out some of the dude with the brush. Because I'm not going, I mean, how else am I going to get dude? I mean, it's caked in there. You got to (sighs) wash. Well, I got the brush. Now you got to be careful because it's a wire brush. I don't want to get it near her butthole, you know, so I'm like. I, I, I get her, she get her relaxed and I'm brushing now very slowly. And I hit, um, uh, like a vein of, um, dupe, you know, I, I got it and it got <laughs> like, on the brush and it released you're a minor this. and you just yeah. got a, a vein. And, and what I learned about this dude is when you, when you scrape it with the brush, it, it releases the duty smell even more intensely. <laughs> Now I've now I'm in too far. Like I can't like back out of this. And uh, and Beth's like, "What are you doing? Did you get any?" I go, "Yeah, look at the brush. I got dude on there, but man, it's fucking stinking." She goes, "You got to keep going now. Now it's worse because now the duty's all jostled, and it's going to get all over the couch." It reactivated the whole smell, like it was fresh duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm in there, man, and you got to be careful because you don't want to hurt the cat. You know, I don't know. I want to make her an enemy. I've spent months, you know, developing a relationship with her. So slowly, uh, I sat there and I, I picked through the fur and I got the duty out. Well, you know I, what you're going to have to do. I know. First you gotta of give her all, I, you're overfeeding the cat. That's terrible. Well, that okay. isn't me. Although, uh... come on. I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> don't pin that on me. You're criticizing Beth now. And Beth loves you, so uh, you better be careful. <laughs> she she uh, has a thing. She doesn't eat, but she overfeeds the cat. Uh-huh. So she goes, I but lifted also, the dry food. Yeah. Also, though, now you have to trim the hairs. Yeah, well, guess what? What? Beth, Beth, you know the scene in the first Rocky where Rocky's chasing that chicken to get into shape uh-huh. for the fight against Apollo Creed? Yeah. She now chases Mushu around the house. She she gets Mushu, she picks her up, she scruffs her, she gets her, and she washes that she washed out her asshole. And uh, yeah, and you, shaved you down. Trimmed the hair she did it. She, oh, she did, did it. She trimmed it. That's why the cat hates her and loves me. I won't do anything <laughs> negative to the cat. She trimmed up all the hair nice, clipped the nails, you know, she does all that, and the cat hates her. And then I go over with the treats and calm her down. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Well, I think since the cat loves you, you're the one who should be doing the things. That's what Beth said. I said I'm not doing that because it'll then the cat won't have a relationship with anybody. No, no, no. She'll still love you. Nah, I'm the I'm the guy who gives her all the good stuff. That's the <laughs> one who comes in like a monster and just they upsets her shameful you yeah. enjoy that <laughs> yeah mushu peaches that's what i was busy doing can you imagine i'm a big radio star
This is what I'm busy with. Brushing duty. This is why we had to reduce our schedule so I could brush (laughs) duty. So you could get her to sit in your lap. Yep. She won't sit in my lap, though. She'll, but she'll, no, she'll come next to me and I can pet her. She likes me. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was pretty crazy stuff. Should I take a break now, guys? Got to get a little advice. Maybe I got time here for one phone call. I don't know. I was reading uh, in the paper. They said uh, Katie Couric wrote a new book. And in it, she says, Les Moonves has bad breath. Oh, really? That's the revelation? Yeah, that was it. And I was like, whoa. I said, you know, it's a funny thing. I've been in a room with Les Moonves many times, and I, I got negative things to say about the guy, but never smelled bad breath. Nothing you know, so devastating we, as he has bad breath. No. <laughs> I, I Really, I've been around the guy, you know, as you have. Uh, we, you know, we... Never did. did you, I never smelled his breath. Although, I got to tell you, there is some, you know, not the last two years, because I don't see anybody, but I can think in my lifetime, some people with the worst fucking breath you got great breath i've never smelled a fucking thing on you but well uh, i can Jesus. say the same of you you have yeah. wonderful breath i because i'm super meticulous and i eat a pretty clean diet but i there are, and here's the funny thing with people with bad breath and i never can figure this out all of them complain about people with bad breath <laughs> you know what i mean like there i got a friend he's always telling me he goes you know this guy has bad breath this guy has bad breath this guy's breath is the worst breath. That's the funny thing. Do you think maybe he's smelling his own breath and thinking it's other people? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. Because this guy down, it sounds like, it, it's this guy I'm thinking about, it smells like he ate a shit sandwich. Oh. Like literally two pieces of bread with duty in between it. And there, it, it's the kind of breath that like you leave the room and then, like for a day later, you're still smelling it. You it can, it's still in you. Yeah. It li- yeah. It's in your nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like, dude. It like what's going on? To you. Yeah. And some of these people, they love to get up close. Well, that's what Katie says in the book. She says, "Well, he he's one of those talkers that gets up close to you." Ah. Uh. You know. I know. For some reason, these people love to get in your face and and show off their bad breath. <laughs> I swear to God, I like my duty doesn't. I've I've take I've made actual duties that smell better <laughs> than this guy's breath. <laughs> like I'm like you know what that's not that bad. And it's duty. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I um. I think the secret to having good breath is I, I use those doctors. I'm, I'm giving them a free plug. I don't care. Doctors toothpicks. And I clean out after every meal. I clean out everything. There's nothing hanging around in my mouth that can decay and smell. That's what I think. Well, yeah, I, yeah. But it's also though, it is, if it's ever present, it can't possibly, it can't just possibly be something hanging around in their mouth. Yeah, it could I also be what they're eating. It's, yeah, got, yeah. Got something to do with everything <laughs> coming out of them. Maybe their duty is somehow 
coming up through their mouth, like in a weird kind of reflux. <laughs> like a reflux. bad sewer, the sewer's yeah. back Like up. a sewer. Yeah, that's what reflux might be. Duty. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's weird. But, you know, they got to they gotta get that. They got to teach. I went to the dentist. Um, Man, that was like going on Mission Impossible. I felt like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Because I'm so worried about the COVID. I had, I was masked up. The dentist is masked up. The, all but the hygienists. He's got to get into your mouth. You can't have a mask on. No. Well, I took it. I said, everything else is going on. I said to him, any way I can keep this mask on and have you still clean my teeth and examine me? But, uh, yeah. So, uh, just getting into the building and everything. I got them all masked up and everything. And then I sit down in the chair, take it off. But the hygienist had a mat, a mask and the, the big plastic thing over her the face. The shield, yeah. Yeah, so I felt pretty confident. Jesus, what a world we live in now, huh? Isn't that crazy? Look at you. I haven't seen you in person how many years now? I'm, I'm talking years. It's crazy that it could be years. Yeah. Yeah, all I know is your music. <laughs> and now, have, has it been two years since I've seen you face to face? Well, not quite. March of 2021. Ah, right. What year is this? No, 2020. March of 2020. Well, that's when we Which stopped. Started. Right. And that's March 20. Sent us away. And now it's 22. It... I'm saying. I'm sorry. It's 22. March of 2022. It'll be. Will be two years. Two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right. Hey, Brandy Carlisle. You know, let's get our mind off ship breath and. Not seeing one another. Yeah, well, we got it was because of Mushu. <laughs> Mushu, yeah. Hey, you know, on the bright side, I haven't seen Benji in two years. So, well, there you go. See, there you there's go. good and bad with everything. <laughs> <laughs> like to see you. But... Nah, I miss Benji. I miss the gang. I do. I I miss everybody. Yeah, yeah sure. Getting a little crazy sitting here by myself, but. uh well, you know, nice. that, that's the other thing with these. Now they're giving these mandates about uh, vaccines. Thank God. Maybe we'll get out of this because in Maybe. Europe, they've reached 70% and beyond in some places and they're returning to real normal life. Can and you we're believe- still trying to get there. We were ahead of everybody else in the I world know. with vaccinations until it hit that core. Till we got to the morons. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of morons in this country. You know who I'm digging? Who? Billie Eilish. She, I got to say this quick because I want to get the Brandy and the, and the, and the boys there. Uh, they're going to do a bunch of songs for us. But Jesus, Brandy, um, not Brandy, um, um, Billie Billy. Eilish. She um, had a concert scheduled in Texas. And she was about to cancel. She said, I'm about to cancel this fucking whole concert. I know I'm going to make a lot of dough. But you know what? You motherfuckers with this abortion bill and all this nonsense. You know, hey, I admire that. Yeah. She made a whole speech. I have it. Maybe uh, tomorrow I'll play it for you. I got a clip of her on stage. She's also, uh, Um, she wrote the new theme for the James Bond movie. Yeah. Yep. I did know that. You know, Robin, I don't just spend all day watching uh, Love on the uh, Spectrum. uh, Or brushing your cat's poop. (laughs) Butthole. All right. Uh, Brandy Carlisle has a new album out. Uh, she's not promoting her book, but man, it was a good book. I read it over the summer. Uh, but uh, she'll, she, and, and she's here with her whole band and the twins, and they're going to do two songs, one of which uh, is Madman Across the Water. Wait till you hear oh. it. It's so good. 
Uh, we'll be back right after this. Our guest today, Brandy Carlisle, and the twins, Phil and Tim. Whole band set up. They got some strings. Going to do a bunch of songs. Let me see if I can see her. Whoa, there she is. Look at you. Looking good. The whole gang looks good. How are you, Brandy? Yeah. I'm really, really good. It's nice to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you. Oh, got the mic. Oh, you're in our L.A. studio. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, right? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I haven't been it there did. in so long. I'm still hiding in my basement. You guys are at least out trying to work a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I won't even leave. Uh, you guys, do you like being in L.A.? Is Because, uh, I mean, you live in that, you got that beautiful uh, joint in uh, Seattle, right? Seattle, Washington. Yeah, we do. Out there on and the compound. We do like it. It's good to get some good food every once in a while. And I visit the ocean and the city and live in the mountains. I saw you on CBS Sunday morning. I was watching a piece they were doing on you, and they were showing the whole spread you got out there. I mean, how many acres is that place? Gosh, what is it, fellas? It's a little over 100 now. Jeez, I thought it was like 95, but yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Living to me, that's my fantasy. Living on 100 acres where I could just walk around and see nobody. I I want that so bad. My wife couldn't handle it, but I could. I don't. I want to just take hikes on my own property. You got a, You got a lake on that property? Well, I did like dig a little pond, um, but it's looking pretty haggard around, <laughs> around this time. <laughs> well, we don't have a lake, but there's some creeks that run through it, through it sort of seasonally, and we've got this swamp down in the bottom of it that's really fun to go down because full of frogs and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, it's and what's fun. what's the vibe there? In other words, it's complete separation from society, right? You being famous, you guys don't have to see anyone. It's just your own universe. That's, to me, the appeal. Yeah, we pretty much just see each other, but, you know, it's about 45 minutes from Seattle, so we can go into the city and kind of tap into that heritage and, and um, you know, be in in an urban environment and around people if we want to, but mostly we don't. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words... I don't even go out to eat. Right. Weeks could go by, and you're just hanging out and uh, on your own, and you don't see any other people. Yeah, weeks do go by. We cook breakfast, wow. lunch, and dinner. <laughs> you That's think, our basement. Do you guys think, living that kind of lifestyle, do you think that, like, when you retire or whatever, do you think you could just live there and never see anyone anymore except for your family and your kids and all that? I mean, I, I, in my mind, that's just about perfect. Not me, because I am just, I have to be on stage in front of people. I just have to right. be with people, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at home, I have to be with people, too. Like, I don't do really alone time or anything like that. So I couldn't. No, I'd have to get out on stage. You know, I, I see it as just a respite. I feel like I spent the summer with you. I read your book over the summer, Broken Horses, and yeah? uh, loved it. Yeah. I, Did you? I, I wanted to get in touch with you and tell you, but uh, I thought, like, maybe, who knows if she wants to hear from me. But I thought the book was really well done, and I really felt like I got to know you. And I was just like, oh, this poor woman. What a fucking life. I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's a lot of trauma there. I mean, I, and that whole thing with you, you know, I know you've talked about on the air before, that whole thing about like being gay in that, in that environment and then the church refusing to baptize you. I just want to fucking scream. I just, I cannot stand organized religion and their bullshit. I just hate it. It, yeah. it breaks my heart. When, and when you wrote about it, it broke my heart, honestly. It, it was it was tough to read. 
You know, it can be pretty oppressive, you know, and I've heard so many stories, similar stories, and I've heard so much feedback from other people that went through even worse things, you know, all the conversion therapy and stuff like that. I never had to dip my toe into any of that drama, but yeah, it's like, that's been my favorite part about writing the book is, is, is hearing, um, how not alone I am in that whole, in that whole scenario. And still there's part of, um, all of that that perseveres, you know? Yeah. And like, even like your brother, I know you love your brother and your brother, you say is even more musically talented than you and you were performing with him. Yeah. But you were, you know, the the thing in the book that really got me is you were close with him. You were performing with him. In fact, he could have had a pretty good life if he had stuck with you and performed, but he couldn't get past (laughs) the whole gay thing. No, come on. He He couldn't get past it. He, he had a hard time with you being gay and the the church and all that other stuff. And that had to be the most painful stuff. I mean, seriously, that is the most painful thing I read in the book. You know what I mean? I see us all as just little scallywag poor kids. You know, he was even younger than me. And some of that indoctrination and that fear, it's like, that's its own kind of trauma, even for him. And now that we're adults, it's like, his musicality and his life, you know, we look at each other's lives and we, we, we nod and we go, man, you know what, bud, you put together a pretty damn good life. He did. Yeah. I did. Is he living up there in that compound or, uh, he lives even up- worse compoundy than we do. Wow. Out <laughs> in, it takes me less time to get to London than it does to get to his house. He is wow. out in the proper sticks. He says, I live in the fake country and he lives in the real country. That is hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hardcore stuff, but you know, you know, what was driving me nuts. I was thinking about it. Like, you know, you guys have, you, the, the, the three of you have had this, you know, tremendous, um, musical bonding and you've been really working at it. You guys take music very seriously. There's no bullshitting around. It's a job and you take it seriously <laughs> and you guys always do great performances. And then all of a sudden with the joke, and the and the music and the and and all of the practicing you guys have done and all the work you've done building your careers, and then all of a sudden you know like I get turned on to you. Everyone's turned on to the whole Brandy Carlisle experience, and then you win five Grammys and fucking COVID hits. And right before Ugh. COVID, I know you guys were on the way to like you had sold out Madison Square Garden. You got yeah, yeah. I mean. You would never like you were at the point in your career where major bucks are going to come in because that's where musicians make the that's the payday that's the payoff still right hoping for that <laughs> I know you've said you haven't made a lot of money as a musician is that true I mean it's in relative terms yeah like I got to work I got to work all the time yeah you know and and here you were right before COVID selling out Madison Square Garden and then everything yeah. stops. Then you have to go I back know. to the compound. It's crazy. It was like a victory on. lap. And then, oh, no, it can't. It can't say it ain't so. And especially after winning five Grammys, because that's like ka-ching. It's like, boom, the publicity is there. We all saw it on TV. Yeah, you're the you're bell right. of the ball, the whole thing. And then, yeah. I mean, you, you must have been. What was that like for you? And what was the frustration there? Oh, gosh, it was such a major interruption in that momentum, you know, that I've been waiting for so long, you know, to get. Cause I just turned 40 and I was talking to Bonnie Raitt about this because, God, I don't know about you, but I love Bonnie Raitt. And she I worship this, that woman. Oh, same. Everything about her. It's just like yep. nobody can say a bad thing about her. She's so talented. Right. And she had this latter day moment too, this latter day success that came, you know, um, when she was ready for it. And that's what I love about what happened to me and the twins is we were just ready. 
You know, we knew what to do with the moment. The adrenaline wasn't going to get the better of us. We were through all the alcohol and all the stuff. And we were just really ready to, like, to seize this thing. And then, you know, coitus interruptus. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you deal with that psychologically? I mean, you know, honestly, you know, every band that I can name, you know, even your your heroes like Elton John, when mm. when Madman Across the Water hit and he mm-hmm. was the thing, then yeah. he went out on tour and you tour for a year, two, three years off of that one album and all that success. Yep. And, and that's where a musician gets the payoff, so to speak, after all that hard work. That's yeah, why I was true. like, oh, I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. So what? So Bonnie, so Bonnie Raitt was your psychotherapist and calmed you down a little or what she said? Actually, yeah, she's just got this great, we talked a lot through this kind of thing because obviously, you know, her momentum wasn't interrupted and she went on to be um, Bonnie Raitt. And, and it's so funny you mention it because I, I have this memory of like right before the pandemic hit, you know, I always looked at ticket sales. I would get the email that would say the ticket sales, you know, and we used to play in, Venues that were third capacity sometimes, half capacity sometimes, you know, big curtain closing off the the top yep. of the theater. And and <laughs> I would always worry me and I would get anxiety about it. And, you know, you always try to tell yourself you're going to play for the people that are there, but it's tough, you know. So yep. I would look at these ticket sales and, and um, you know, those one or two sold out shows uh, a month would like really anchor me, you know, emotionally and get me really hyped. And after that, whole thing right before the pandemic it was like our ticket sales everything was sold out it was just this row of sold out shows and in all caps you know sold out and then they all went away they just disappeared and i was like this is some kind of cosmic joke but it it happened to everyone well you talk about the garden you're talking what 15 20 000 seats sold out this is it you know and you right off the grammy win you know, mm-hmm. Bonnie Raitt, it's interesting you bring, you remind me a lot of Bonnie Raitt in that, like, I got turned on to Bonnie Raitt in high school, and then when I went off to college, I, I would sit with my roommate, we would just listen to Bonnie Raitt all day. I don't know if Bonnie Raitt likes me and stuff. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I don't, she does. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have this weird vibe of it. I mean, but I worship her You're her, her kind of guy. Am I? I don't oh, know. Yeah. But, but uh, isn't that really also part of the greatness of what has happened to your career and I think also gives you the confidence is that you've developed these relationships with other recording artists that are really spectacular. I mean, you can pick up the phone now and call Bonnie Raitt or Elton John or like Joni Mitchell, as you've said, and, mm-hmm. and write about in your book. I yeah. mean, isn't that mind blowing to you? I think it's my favorite part, actually. You, I do. There's a, there's a video of you online. You're standing up on stage with Dolly Parton singing um i will always love you know i will always love you the 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 one that uh, became such whitney a big houston. hit whitney houston yeah, yeah. and yeah. um amazing you're standing next to dolly parton singing that song duetting with her you mm-hmm. look like you're on cloud nine you look like you're on another planet you're so <laughs> fucking was. happy I, I mean, what a, what is what was that moment like for you i mean she's so beautiful like right up close like that she is so beautiful and you cannot help but have this massive crush on her and she sings like an absolute angel and she's just got this confidence to where you know she's so tiny but you just you're leaning on her and i just felt really um i don't know i felt like i was in the palm of her hand really like wrapped up by my hero you know and i'll i'll never forget that moment every single thing about it 
Yeah, I mean, I was watching it. How, well, how did that even come about? Why, why, why did Dolly Parton say to you, let's sing this together somewhere? Well, it was her idea to sing it together, but I had asked her to come and join me at Newport Folk Festival, which is a festival of moments, you know, historical, massive moments that changed um, not just folk, but rock and roll history. Yes, where he plugged yeah. in. Right? right, it's where right. Uh, Johnny Cash introduced Chris Gustafson in the wor- to the world, and Joni Mitchell le- met Leonard Cohen, and it, just so many moments. Um, but um, they hadn't had an all female headlining set, and wow. so I got to curate it. And I asked, I asked Dolly to come out, and you know, I wrote her letters for like nine months. And um, when she agreed, she just called me on the phone, and she was just very assertive. She's like, "I'm going to be doing She's an Eagle." Uh, because I'm a woman, uh, I will always love you. I'm going to be singing that with you. We're going to do nine to five, Jolene, and I'll see you there. I'll be there if the creek don't rise. And then she just hung up and I'll save that voicemail forever. That's why I know it word for word. Um, but she just agreed to do it. And like, that was probably one of the most, that was a monumental historic moment at Newport Folk Festival. And the crowd was in, they went totally crazy as soon as I said, Dolly Parton. What I love about it is. You're both, uh, you know, trading off uh, verses, and then on the chorus, the two of you start harmonizing together, and I'm like, man, that sounds good. That's just really beautiful. The blending of your two voices, very sweet. Well, I mean, you got to think, I've been harmonizing with her since I was seven, you know? Right. She didn't know it. Yeah, She right. didn't know it. <laughs> when you harmonize with someone since you're seven, in your room, you're a little yeah. girl doing that, and then there is the fruition of all your dreams. There it is. She's standing right next to you, and you're actually singing with her. I get yeah. goosebumps just thinking about it. It's it's yeah, crazy. Me too. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad it reading. didn't happen when I was like 23. You know, I'm glad it's happening mm. now. Right, because you're you're calmer now and more confident now. Yeah, I don't want to experience it through retrospect. You know. Yeah, you said you think that that song "I Will Always Love You" is one of the three best songs ever written. The other two yeah. being. Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, and um, A Case of You, Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. The three best songs ever written. Yeah, if we keep going, we do Someone Save My Life Tonight. Yeah. By Elton John, too. Yeah. And, and gosh, maybe yesterday? Beatles. Imagine. Oh, Paul. Imagine, yeah. 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 I was yeah. thinking Paul Simon, the boxer, too. Oh, you and- God. You know what I mean? I am yeah, just a poor a boy. My story barely told. I mean, na, it's unbelievable. You ever heard the twins sing Simon and Garfunkel? No. They twins. do Sound of Silence and it's, yeah, Tim and Phil. Oh, yeah. Tim and Phil, you fucking guys are super talented. I mean, I watch some of these performances. They, they You really are. I mean... You guys sit at home and just sing Simon and Garfunkel? I bet it sounds good. What do you do? What's the song you like to do? Well, we've been doing Sound of Silence. Uh, we've took a stab at the boxer a couple of times. but I want to hear it. What, 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 if I said to you without rehearsal, without anything, you're obviously not planning to do that. If I said just do a little verse or something, or, could you do it or do you need to like do tons of preparation? Oh, maybe we could do a little piece of it. Yeah. Do a little piece I mean, of it. A few seconds, why not? Yeah. You know, a little piece right, of it. Right. Go ahead. I want to hear it. Mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> Mess it up. I don't even care. We'll see L- how L- the L- twins L- sound at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, pretend it's like a rehearsal or something. <laughs> and you're just fucking around. Yeah. 
like like sometimes I see musicians that got to grab whole other guitars in order to do something. But you guys, you're able to just kind of pick up the guitar and do it, right? Yeah, we should have a campfire. That's when uh -huh. it's the best. You know, you sit around a campfire and toss around songs. Yeah. Let's try it. Just a piece of it. All right. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. <laughs> that is good. Wow. <laughs> Boys, wow is right. Thanks, you know, man. you know what's great? This is why I think I love talking to musicians. Within 30 seconds, you gave me goosebumps and tears. Like like that quick. You know, who else what other art form can do that beside music? You know, not even a painting, not a book, not a not dance. It's singing and it's what a, it's like a superpower, isn't it? Yeah. To do that. Yeah. You know what else I saw? That video of you busking you guys with Dave Grohl. How does that even happen? <laughs> surreal. It was yeah, surreal because I used to stand right there and busk all the time. And Where well, was, was that? It was in Seattle at Pike Place Market. That was yeah. where I went and got a busking permit, you know, when I was like 15. And, and I was telling him about it. And we were in Seattle at Queen Anne. We had just eaten lunch at a place called the Par Paragon. And he's like, you want to go down there and do it right now? And I was oh. like... Hell yeah. And I was like tweeting out like, hey, anybody who's around Pike Place, me and Dave Grohl are going to go busk. And we just we went down there and it was it was really surreal because, you know, when you're standing right in a place that you like stood hoping that you'd make 40 bucks and that, you know, 10 people would stop. But except you're standing next to Dave Grohl. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> really crazy. People. Stopped. So that was just people. Stopped. That was just having fun. Right. I mean, it wasn't like, did you make any money? Did anyone throw anything in the suitcase there in the in the guitar case? I don't know. I don't know if I uh, put one out. Oh, you know what? No, we did. Um, and the guy that we moved out of the way so that we could busk, he was busking before us. And it's like those spots are sacred. Like you fight for those spots. And right. then once you're in one, it's this kind of like professional courtesy. You got to get out of that spot within like an hour, hour and a half. And mm. the fellow that let us that let us play, we did. P people threw some stuff in the guitar case and we gave it to him. I don't know how you have the balls to like walk out at, you know, at a young age and walk out on the street and start singing. I, I don't know how you do that. That to me takes real guts. I mean, uh, you got some pretty good kahunas though. I mean, nah, not like that. <laughs> I'm hiding in my house. I told you that. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you a little bit about Elton John because, um, I, I, you did this concert. The, you guys did this concert for us. I'm still thinking also about that Simon and Garfunkel tune you just did. That's fucking crazy, but uh, it was great. But um, the Elton John song, Madman Across the Water, it's arguably one of his best songs. It's a great yeah. album. I, I happen to agree with you because I read this in your book. I think Tumbleweed Connection is Elton John's greatest album. Um, I, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. It, every song on there is killer and his mm. voice is perfect and everything. And, you know, you've said that Elton John was this huge influence on you. But yeah. again, now you're at the point where Elton John, you're calling him up and talking to him. 
mm-hmm. and hanging with them and performing with them and now and doing Madman Across the Water, it is surreal. And what it's, is it? What what is it like to be friends with Elton John? I mean, to actually have a friendship with the guy. Well, I'm getting less less and less nervous. You know, it's like it's the thing about Elton John is like if he's your hero, like he may be for some of you listening. Like the thing is, he's like every single thing that you hope he would be, and that and that includes, you know great at dirty jokes you know like curses every third word but like he's also really upstanding and moral he's got a lot of opinions he's an encyclopedia for music and he's really uh empathetic you know Mm. He, he feels for other people and he's quick to tears quick to laughter quick to all the things that make us alive and um man it's just like wow i picked a good one you know so when you were searching for a name for your book and he says to you, Brandy, you should call your book Rug Muncher. <laughs> that, was uh, the most, that was the most benign one I could tell you. <laughs> I mean, you didn't get it. Like here you've written this book. You probably said to Elton, hey, I've written this book and you're having this heavy discussion with him. And, and he says that that's, that's the kind of guy he is, right? I mean, he, he, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole song that accompanies it. I don't remember it, but it's. Yeah, he is really good fun. He makes me really laugh at myself. He's vile. Yeah. <laughs> when Elton John said that Brandy Carlisle is a Home Depot lesbian, what? Dowdy Home Depot lesbian. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't even understand what a Home Depot lesbian is. I, I, I just well, don't know what that means. We, we spent a lot of time on FaceTime, me and Elton, and, you know, um, I'm I'm really into like finished carpentry, so like he'll call me and I'll have you know a set of saws out and I'll be trimming out somebody's basement or you know hanging <laughs> tongue and groove or something like that, and he'll be like, oh god, this dowdy Home Depot lesbian thing you've got going on is it? He just like it's just hilarious. But he hates when I tell people um, that he says that to me, but he does. He does, and yeah. and um, and then the the serious part of the business is that um, you actually were writing a song for the new album, and you were kind of stuck, right? I, I, do I have this right that you were stuck, and then you call Elton John and say, "Hey, can you help me out with this one?" Uh, is that actually, the relationship? Actually, it was Bernie Toppin. It was Bernie Toppin. Oh wow! No yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. and um, he was uh, very he re- restrained about it. He said, um, "I I can't think of anything, but you're on the right track. Stick with the horse." Um, yeah. analogy the, and also the song, horses. the song broken horses. So you were having a trouble. You were, you were sort of unsure of the lyric and you said, Hey, who writes better lyrics than Bernie top? And I'll call him. And, uh, and the guy, the guy was open to it. I mean, that's, yeah, he's that's, total that's, cowboy. And, um, he had been sending me lyrics and we had been writing some songs and stuff, but <clears throat> his instinct was attuned to enough to know how autobiographical the song was. Right. And so he stayed out of it, but he's a cowboy, so he liked the horse concept. Right, right. So the song Madman Across the Water, I mean, there's a million Elton John songs you could do. And by the way, you have this, uh, you have a fabulous uh, group behind you here. Who are these people? These, these You've got a stand-up bass. you got, um, let's see, Nikki, on, Nikki, Kylene, and Josh are behind you. Yeah, Nikki, Kylene, and Josh. Uh, Josh Newman on cello, uh, Nikki Shorts on viola. And Kylene King on on violin, and this is our string section that we tour with, and our friends. And uh, Josh even lives in the compound. He's married to my wife's sister. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? This guy too? 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, like the engineer, the guy that set up all this is like lives there too. He's married to my wife's other sister. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that, that's, so the, so the guy behind you who tours yeah. with you, Josh, who, who, who plays, he's married to your wife's sister. Wife's sister. Oh, got it. <laughs> and then Tim, you're married to Brandy's sister, right? Well, Phil is. Phil is. Oh, Phil, Phil, you're ma- you married Brandy. Man, I still think that's insane. I mean, uh, <laughs> so do I sometimes. You know, I am. <laughs> How's that going? Are you, you guys getting along? Because, you know, Brandy has said if you divorce her sister, you're out of the band. That's it. She's not working with you anymore. <laughs> he knows it. So, yeah. Uh, I guess how's that the, going? It's going to be going. It's going great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints. How's that going? <laughs> actually, Howard, they're separated and it's kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is your last performance together. But here's yeah. the thing. I mean, why why Madman Across the Water? Why why is that the song that you chose to perform? And you do it. It's remarkable. Um, what, what, but why that song out of the whole Elton John catalog? Well, I sent it to you in that concert because I just had a feeling you'd appreciate it just based on the stuff we've talked about that you like. But um, I think it's really rhythmically unique. And um, there's something really unhinged about it. It it always makes you feel like you're on the edge of your seat, like the whole thing could fall apart at any moment. And and indeed, sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. And I love the lyric, man. It's just, you know, it's about a proper weirdo. What What, about that? Yeah. Madman Across the Water. Who is the madman across the water? Well, he is a, you know, Bernie will have a different take on this maybe than I do. But I think that he's um, um, a man of like great wisdom who makes a spectacle of himself and realizes that he's being laughed at and that he's not being fully appreciated for um, his genius. But, um, you know, he wow. can he can kind of take it. Did you know the song Madman Across the Water was in, originally intended for Tumbleweed Connection, that they were going to put it on that album? Isn't that weird no. to you? Yeah, that, no. Yeah. No, it's not weird because it makes total sense because of how funky it is. What's your favorite Tumbleweed song? Oh, God. I, I You know, uh, Burn Down the Mission. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> you know, Burn Down the Mission if you're going to say a lot. What, what's yours? Um, Probably Come Down in Time, but Burn Down the Mission's pretty great, too. Oh, and My Father's Gun. From this oh, day on. Fantastic. I own my father's gun. We dug his shallow grave beneath the sun and laid his broken body down beneath the southern land. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My father's gun, too, is just like a. Yeah, listen to that. His voice. What a what an album. Anyway. God. Yeah, what right, did you it do? Is his best. It, it really is. Every song on yeah. it is killer. What as a kid, when you first started singing, you entered like an Elton John you had to dress up as Elton John and, and singing. To. Uh you never did it? No, I I mean I did it. Yeah. I did it, but I, I chose to. It was like, you know, <clears throat> all these contests kind of bordered on pageantry. Right. And all these little girls would dress up with their updos and their gowns and their sequins, and they would always do Whitney or Celine and um, Reba if they were country. Right. And um, 
I tried it for a while. I did, I did all of them, all the Whitney and the Celine things, but I never did the updos or the whole, the dresses or anything. And then, and then one time, um, I convinced my mom to let me dress up in like a white suit. Yeah. And do Honky Cat, which yeah. is such an eccentric song, <laughs> you know, for like a 12 year old, whatever, how old I was to do it. But she made me like big feathered sunglasses out of pipe cleaners and, um, into, you know, boat shoes that said E and J on each foot with like sequins wow. and stuff. Yeah. She was very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That was a big moment, actually. You know, I was thinking like, um, I don't know where you said it, but. Now that you've, you know, now that your career, you know, where you are at this point, even the way you dress on stage now, you feel like you owe it to the audience to dress special. In other words, to, yeah, you know, to dress up in a sense. And um, I get that. You know, when I talk to Jerry Seinfeld about doing stand up, he says, yeah, I put on a suit and tie. I want the audience to feel like it's a special night. Yeah. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for him. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that how you feel about getting dressed for what you wear on stage? Yeah, like I want people to know I know it's a big deal and that whatever they did to get there, whatever money they spent or whether they had to get a babysitter or, you know, overcome some social anxiety or whatever it was like that. It's a big deal to me, too. And then like and then it gives them permission to let the evening be a big deal for themselves. And that's when really amazing, energetic things can happen. Yeah. And you changed your whole hairstyle, too. I saw you were doing kind of like a David Bowie thing. You kind of like yeah. went with a shorter haircut, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It looked nice, and and uh, but but you you would never wear a dress on stage, right? You wouldn't be comfortable in one. Oh gosh, it's weird. Like I would be more comfortable in a dress than like feminine clothing hmm. that isn't a dress. It's weird. Like I can put on a tuxedo or a suit, and I wore a dress to um, my wedding and loved it, and love the pictures right. to this day. When I look at them, I see that as me. And um, <clears throat> was really comfortable. But there are certain things. It could be subtle. It could be like a a frilly thing or like a, a V-neck that's the wrong shape. And I'm just miserable, like miserable, crawling out of my skin. Wow. And won't, won't, I won't do it anymore, as a matter of fact. I'm surprised to hear you wore a dress to your wedding. Yeah. I just didn't think that was you. I mean, I just don't, I, you know what I mean? I, I've never, I don't know. But I, I, I just love the idea that you get dressed up for a concert. I think that's just so fucking Great, because people want to see a show. You know what I mean? They don't yeah, want to schlub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Madman well, Across the Water. You wouldn't think come from Seattle. It's like, that's the flannel <laughs> shirt yeah. capital of the world. You know, shoegazing. But, By the way, how's things with your wife? Everything good on that uh, marriage? Oh, yeah. Everything's great, man. She's here and tormenting me with her, her Britishness. And, and um, everything's wonderful. She's my best friend. Absolute best yeah. friend and arch rival and the person I love to be around the most and the person I hate to leave a room and the person that I argue with late into the night. One of the things you talk about with your relationship with your wife is that for years, like on the road, you got into this horrible um, habit of uh, taking um, uh, something to help you sleep. I don't know what you took, but it was like a Got everything. Xanax, yeah. lorazepam. Xanax. Right. You couldn't that. sleep. It just was hard for you to sleep. You'd be on the road, you'd be in hotels or whatever the hell you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then it gets into a cycle of then you got to take something else to get over the Xanax. Right. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you said once your wife started traveling with you on the road, all of that stopped. Yeah. So yeah. she she in a sense, just having having someone with you. 
having that special person with you was the cure for all that crap. And it was fucking you up all that medication. Well, whatever the hell it is you were taking. Yeah, it really was fucking me up. You know, it's like I was so thin and I didn't eat ever and I didn't want to eat. And I, I was so far up my own ass and just like preoccupied with being an artist and having a dark side and, and, um, you know, I needed to sleep. So I would take Xanax or, um, Ambien or, or Linesta or uh, God, you name it, Lorazepam. And then I would be groggy and tired and I would wake up and sick and hoarse and then take steroids to get through shows. And then it, it was just mm. this cycle of up and down, up and down, no food, you know, running on nerves. And I mean, that's just for a lot of people. I think like their twenties, but, um, when I met Catherine, she was like enough, like it's time to start wow. eating. It's time to start wow. sleeping. And you won't ever take anything to help yourself sleep if, if I'm here and I'm going to be here all the time. And you listen to her. I mean, it was. I listen kind of to everything thing. she says. You, would you have too. a great. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to her. You have a great love story there, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, I know. I, I know how lucky I am. It's the you kind that I just think, makes you. I was saying, you know what I think is hot? What? When I read about your love story. And by the way, your wife was working at the time for Paul McCartney when you met her. She was yeah. she was in charge of his whole charitable uh, mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. And I forget where you met her, but you met her. Mm -hmm. And then for a year, you guys talked like you didn't even get to get for a year. You became friends and started talking on the phone, right? Like it wasn't yeah. even a, a physical relationship for a year. It mm -hmm. was just you talk about a slow burn. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. It was it was hot when it was. It was like I didn't fathom it for that year. It was high minded, and it was, you know, it was kind of like I don't want to say boringly, but innocuously. Really, a lot of it was about activism and charity. But then one day, something just changed. I'll never forget where I was standing. It was like I hadn't seen her for six or seven months, and I had ended my relationship. <clears throat> And my bus was in Vermont in the rain, opening for Ray LaMontagne in some field. And she had come to Boston to visit her dad. And she got, she walked up on my tour bus and I saw her at the front door. And I, I was like, that's it. Everything's different. There's You're no kidding. day will ever be the same as this. Yeah, I was just switched. And it was, I don't get that. Totally infatuated with her. Absolutely in love with her. And You're telling me. You didn't, you, the seven months you were talking to her, it never occurred to you that this woman was A, attractive, B, that she could, you know, there was no fantasizing about her. That's, it's really complicated. It's what, really what was her end of it? Was she um, fantasizing about you? Like, she probably had the hots for you and just didn't open up. Because why else would people be talking to each other for seven months when you think about it? She might, was she hot for you? She told me she thought I lacked substance. Right. And um, <laughs> that, you know, she just didn't think I was a viable or a real person. Hmm. And she was right at the time. And I think, I don't know, maybe what happened was I became one or something or I was ready to become one. But, you know, I had spent like most of my queer life dating. And this is going to this is maybe an overshare. I forget sometimes that this is not um, a private conversation, but I spent I spent a lot of my life really only being attracted to kind of like masculine women. Right. And so it didn't occur to me like she was sort of outside of my gender profile from what right. I understood to be my 
you know, persuasion. But then one day I just saw her and I saw her and I knew that, you know, that nothing was ever going to be the same again. And it, it hasn't been. Wow. I'll never, as a dude, I don't understand that because I, know, I just, be, it is a lot, <laughs> but you're right. I, I've seen pictures of your wife. She is what I would call a lipstick lesbian. She is, she is gorgeous. gorgeous. She's gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. And, and super brilliant. femme. And, yes. Well, she'll surprise you. <laughs> really? Oh, but know. yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, <laughs> yeah. she's just so beautiful. She's like one of these women that she's just, and she wears like no makeup, but she really looks like she does all the time. She's fucking wakes up like that. And it's torment. She's hot. Yes. Yeah, she's so hot. Do you think you're more in love with she looks her? She's a bit like she... you, actually. Oh, well, you can't get better. <laughs> I'm just looking, women looking who at look, your hair. Women who look like me, you can't get more beautiful than that. <laughs> I'm an ugly guy, but I'm a beautiful woman. No, but seriously, do you think do you think you're more in love with her than she is with you? No, but I'm definitely in love with her in a different way than she is with me. Explain. Well, God, how can I explain it? I am, um, God, you're really getting all the things out of me. You're really getting all the secrets. I just don't ever want to be away from her. Like, I just want to be around her all the time. And what she thinks really matters to me, like musically, uh, spiritually, intellectually. And, um, and I know that she's in love with me, but she can have her own time. She can go and she can take a walk. And, and, um, yeah. She has this, some fortitude I don't have, and I really admire it and actually find it intoxicating, but I don't got it. I totally get that. I'm the same as you. Really? That's exactly oh, how God. I, yeah, That's I'm the I same as you. Hear. I feel like I can't take two steps without that woman, but she's totally, uh, it, it, it makes me sad even to think about how attached i am it's too much for her i think sometimes <laughs> and you know what i mean i'm just too much i know exactly what you mean i know exactly yeah. what you mean oh, yeah, well man. we're lucky we're the lucky ones then we are lucky but then what happens if they either break up with us or uh they they, they for some reason they're not around anymore we, we'll, we'll fall apart won't we well that's the scary thing it's like you know i know that i don't think they'll ever break up with us but Me you know neither. that song Vampires by Jason Isbell? Yeah. That song haunts my dreams because that's what it's about. It's like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's knowing that this can't go on forever. It's likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. You know, it's likely right. one of us will have to spend some days alone. I know. Oh, my yeah, God. That's right. Me. Oh, me too. Yeah, because she's way more fit than me. So I'm fine. <laughs> you know what? I thought it was funny when I was reading how, you know, now you love Joni Mitchell and you get to hang with her and everything else, which is probably one of the most extraordinary experiences because she's such a genius. But she's when rad. you met. Yeah. But when you met your wife, you hated Joni Mitchell. Well, I wouldn't and say I hated Joni Mitchell. I you would say were that not I into a Joni it. Mitchell fan. Yeah, that's right. All right. However you want to put it. But <laughs> your your wife, who you get along with so much, she was like, this is um. We're not going to sit and argue about this. It's yeah. a deal breaker. Like, she's mm -hmm. like, how could I be with someone who doesn't like Joni Mitchell? So in a sense, she's the reason you got turned on to Joni Mitchell. Oh, not in a sense. A hundred percent. She is. And she knew that it was an emotional maturity thing. That's why it was a deal breaker for her. She knew that it was like, 
that when I discovered Joni Mitchell, I would have reached a new uh, plane of existence just as a woman, you know. And it had a lot to do with uh, um, what I thought what I thought tough looked like, what I thought feminine looked like. Right. And, um, you know, it was a masterclass. Jenny's a masterclass. What's the deal? You do, um, concerts where you do the whole album of blue. Um, you, well, I've from done start, one. you've done one it, mm-hmm. where you did it from start to finish. Yeah. In order. No kidding. Did Joni yeah. see you do it? She did. She came with Elton. No. He came too. Were you, were you, um, and Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie too, huh? <laughs> they were just right there in front of my damn face. Uh, don't you shit your pants when you see <laughs> those did. three people? <laughs> you, you literally yeah, did. Basically. <laughs> no, not literally. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was, knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. called they called that a brown pants show for sure. Tim and Phil, do um, you get nervous when you see those three sitting in the audience and you're about to do a whole album of blue? I mean, do, or do you don't do, lie. You, do you tell the I'm, truth? I'm not going to lie, but mm, not really. I know I should. Oh but. my god. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Ugh, I, reverence. Aren't you guys afraid of making a mistake, or are you so well rehearsed that you know you're not going to make a mistake? It's, I guess that's the point of being a professional musician. I guess you guys, I don't know. I think you should just always do shit that scares you. You just always have to do stuff that scares you. You just wander right into the water, right up to where you're just your nostrils are out of it. Yeah. And, um, and then just try and live there. You know? And you and imagine it scares us. Imagine you're singing the whole album Blue in front of an audience with Joni Mitchell. Elton John, and and who else did you say was oh um, a, Bonnie. A, a Bonnie Raitt? God, I mean I would. Oh, that's insane. That's insane. It was pretty stupid. Yeah. Bonnie Raitt still perform? I mean, is she still out there doing it? Oh, she's killer. Oh, she absolutely whoops our asses. Do you guys great. play? Uh, like... Do you know how she plays that bottleneck guitar um, the, with the you know the slide? Do you guys do any of that stuff? Tim can God, do some of it. I mean, a little bit, but she's just so special, man. She even she puts her slide on a uh, on her middle finger instead of her ring finger, yeah, right. which leaves her other finger some room to do some like fretting. So she has a really un like uh, a style that's unique to herself. But yeah, that shit's hard to do. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. I think she even showed you a lick or two, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. I was too busy looking at her beautiful eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, is that um, a thing? Like you get to uh, hang with musicians, and they they say, "Hey, you know, when I play the uh, when I when I put the, the the slide on my middle finger, blah 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 blah." You sit there and um, and pick up tips. Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't yeah. mean I can actually like do it, but I definitely like soaking information in like where I can, and yeah. Yeah, anyway. Johnny showed him how to play some oh. things on the dulcimer. Oh God, yeah. When we were practicing for the blues show, Johnny was like. You know, the dulcimer is like some instrument I'd never touched before. And so I finally worked up the nerve to be like, hey, look at my dulcimer. And, Any tips? And she was like, yeah, hit it like a bongo drum. And don't use the quill, use a guitar pick. You know, just like little weird yeah. things like that. See, I always thought the, um, that, that uh, what do you call it, that, that instrument, the dulcimer? I always thought that was a <laughs> bullshit instrument. I didn't know that that was like a, I figured you guys laugh at a dulcimer. Like it's probably like for people who can't play the guitar the way you guys do. But you're saying <laughs> it's a legit, it's That's a legit thing, right? Play then. Oh yeah, really? Joni did like all of Blue on it. Yeah, it's like, what, oh. she played California on that thing, Carrie, and um, A Case of case You. Case of You, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, uh, All I Want. All yeah. I Really, Really Want. Yeah, half the record's dulcimer. Yeah. yeah. All right, so listen, I'm excited for you guys to do uh, Madman Across the Water. We got the strings back there. Now, Now, Nikki, mm-hmm. uh, Kylene, and Josh, you guys know your parts? You're all set? <laughs> yeah. All set. <laughs> there you go. All right. 
Man, this is so. The, here's uh, Phil, Brandy, Tim, Nikki, Kylene, and Josh doing Madman across the water. You're in for a treat. This is just really something. <laughs> Next. 
Wow. Man, Amazing. I didn't want that to Amazing. stop. Yeah, that is. Oh, that could have gone on for hours. You know? Yes, we needed hours of that. That is so beautiful. I, you know, I was thinking a couple of things while you were performing that. First of all, uh, Brandy, do you do you um, practice guitar pretty much every day? Uh, is, is that something that you work on? I never touch it. I I don't. I never practice it. Um, I should. I want to get better, and and um, I've been thinking actually lately that I I probably ought to do some more practicing. But no, I don't ever practice it. Tim though, he plays all day and all night. I have to practice so hard just to sound like Johnny Ramone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I try but, so but, hard. I mean, the point I'm making is that uh, well, in a way, because you're the lead singer, I guess you can let the guitar. I mean, you seem to play really great, and the guys, though, I, I would think that you you have to keep that going, right? You have to play every day in order to to be at the level you're playing. It's really it's really great, and. And when you're singing that song, you're hitting notes there. Is there, are there notes, and don't be modest, but are there notes, mm -hmm. is there a song you can't sing? Uh, I feel like every song is within your range. You're able to hit pretty much any note you want. Am I correct? I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I think you're correct. <laughs> I yeah. Probably, I could probably amazing. hit most notes. I'd have to work on it, you know. There's some things like some, uh, riffs and runs and stuff that I can't nail without a lot of practice. Um, now there might be there might be there might be one or two maybe something by Yeba. Mm. We are the champions what? is a pretty hard song to sing. Really, if you in other words, you would have to practice that in order to really get it down. I'd have to practice it all. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like a karaoke kid at heart, you know. So like, I sort of really get off on trying to hit complicated notes in other people's songs. You have what I'd call a very big voice. And, mm -hmm. and and do you ever have to tone yourself down? Do you ever have to say, wait, I'm putting too much into this. I got to wait for the for the moment because you can almost you can overpower a song. Right. I mean, there's mm -hmm. in a way you have to yeah. hold back. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. It's a little bit easier now than it was when I was younger. I used to just come out and sledgehammer the the crowd. I mean, and it's also like I don't know the difference between a moment and a non moment. So mm. sometimes I'll blow it all out at sound check because there's like three or four people in the audience and the janitor and the promoter's kid and you know, and so I'm going full Celine residency in Vegas and you know. Why? Because check. you want to impress them? You wanna say, I wanna show if someone's listening to me, I'm gonna do the best performance possible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because wow. I just love performing, you know. Yeah, no, it comes. Yeah, I don't know who I was interviewing the other day. Maybe it was Chris Martin from Coldplay, and he said maybe it was him. But he said something about being a lead singer that he learned early on that you don't articulate every word. You, you shouldn't articulate every word. You should almost blur some of the words. Does that sound like something you would agree with? Um, that sounds a bit more cerebral than I can really fathom because I don't know. I've never really. No one's ever told me before. If somebody ever came to me and said, you know, you're popping all your peas, <laughs> maybe yeah. I would have to, you know, rethink the last thing. But no, I just kind of go out there and and sh I sort of shut down intellectually, open up emotionally. These people you have behind you, these string, the violin and the cello, I mean, those are really hard instruments to play. When you find people, you guys, how did you make a living before this? Do you, did you work in an orchestra or something? Like, like you guys are really accomplished. What do you do with it? 
Uh, <clears throat> I've been playing with Brandy for 16 years now. He's so, always oh, wow. been with Kind us. of right out of college. I studied classical growing up, but uh, yeah, I've been, been with him for a while now. And this rock yeah. shit is really way more fun than uh, classical, right? I mean, you must have been oh, going oh, out of yeah. your mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to forget the first time he got in the van. Yeah. You must, we would you play must... these bars, and he would hang out after the show, and, and like he'd meet girls and stuff, and we were like, pace yourself, man. <laughs> this is what it's all about. I had no idea what Remember, I was getting myself into. I think the van is the way to go. That's right, Josh. <laughs> get in the van. Yeah, this is a guy who was a classical uh, performer. I mean, you can get laid on the road, though, being in uh, Brandy Strings, right? Right? I mean, that, that, that'll work, I think. Well, she's right? my sister-in-law now, so... Uh, yeah, so it right, works. Right, right, right. right. It did work. It <laughs> You get laid, but... <laughs> wow. Well, it's a tremendous sound. I want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brandy and, 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 of course, Tim and Phil. You guys have an album out now. It's your, your seventh uh, album, seventh studio album. And uh, they recorded it during quarantine. And uh, I should give you the title of the album. I, I kept calling it Broken Horses this morning, but that's the title of your book. And I thought you made the album the same name, but the album is called In These Silent Days. But there is a song called Broken Horses on it. And um, so I guess the quarantine is a blessing in that. I mean, and a curse. You, you couldn't perform live and you couldn't go out there, and, and after, especially after winning five Grammys. But at least you, you're sitting home and you're writing a new album, right? Yeah, and we were together with each other the whole time trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to make money and how to make ourselves feel a little more sane, which I think, you know, it's hard to, after all these years, but it did really push us closer together and our families closer together and make even weirder and cultier. Um, but yeah, we became prolific. We wrote the album. I finished the book and we we bought cameras and learned how to sort of, you know, live stream and film ourselves and right. um, came out of it with uh, with more than we than we thought we would. I like uh, that song on the new album, Mama Werewolf, because I like the yeah. theme of it. It, uh, Yeah, because it, it, I think, tell me if I have this right, because the song's about no matter how great you try to be a parent, no matter how mm. much you try to be like a good mother in your case, um, you think that all your past shit is still, it's, it's potentially, it's possible that you could still fuck up. Do yeah, I have it right? Very, that's the song. You're spot on. Yeah, you're spot on. And that's my biggest fear because I got, you know, I always thought I'd be the coolest, best dad in the world. But then I realized when I went into psychotherapy, I had a lot of shit I needed to work on. Because, you, mm. you you know, you, you, don't, you don't realize how wrong that whole thing could go. No, yeah, you, you're exactly yeah. right. So, I don't think I could write music without psychotherapy, by the way. It's yep. it's given me my language and my outlook. How often do you go? I've been going for twenty years. Yeah, me too. Pretty close to twenty, pretty much to the same person. Me too. Yeah. And I feel the same way. I feel I think it's essential if you can afford yeah. it. It's something you got to do. But this is mm -hmm. a little bit of Mama Werewolf, and uh, I think you tapped into something here that every parent Your fears. With long, sharp teeth I'm up all night When the world should sleep I curse the darkness When it's killing time I got a river of fear Running through my mind When the moon shines through Those parting clouds I hear the cold And I howl out loud 
forgot that that sun will rise. But that sun don't always rise. If my good intentions go running wild, if I cause you pain, there it is. If my good intentions go running wild, and mama, your mama is a werewolf. You see, I wish more people were in touch with that, that there's a potential werewolf inside and that, you know, kids think their parents know everything and they're doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and we as adults think that we're doing all the right things. But there is a werewolf inside all of us, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And you just like you want to pass on the good generational stuff, the stuff that your parents gave you that you're like really proud of and, and their parents right. gave them and their parents gave them. But then there's like this through line of dysfunction you try to put a stop to it but but would you really know that you aren't passing it on the only the only people that can tell you is them and unfortunately they won't be to tell you to tell you until they're grown up and it's not like you want to put the responsibility on them but you're kind of like tell me like tell me if i'm fucking you up early please (laughs) yeah and they don't even know it's like uh although if you could be the kind of parent that opens up that dialogue with the kid and say hey feel free to tell me when i'm fucking up then then you're probably a healthy parent you know I hope so. I think I am. Um, and my parents were like really big on communicating. They were like, you know, speak for yourself, open your mouth, articulate yourself, say what you mean, mm. mean when you say, be respectful, but be outspoken and, you know, that kind of stuff. That, those are tattoos on my mind. Yeah. If my, it's a great line. If my good intentions go running wild, if I cause you pain, my own sweet child, that's, you know, that hits me. That's, that's really good Tim stuff. Hansroth. Tim Hatsroth. Tim! Look at yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All sensitive over there. Your daddy is a werewolf. Your daddy yeah. is a werewolf. With long sharp Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. The uh, song you're going to do from the new album is called Right on Time. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I should bring up, you. Ha- this This struck me as, um, I don't even know how the association happens, but the video was made by Courtney Cox from Friends. Yeah. I mean, how did that happen? How does something like that happen? It's crazy because... Like, we became friends in the weirdest way, and I got to hanging out with her, and I realized, like, how much we have in common. She's super culty, too, by the way. She, yep. like, yeah, she's always got people, like, living with her and, <laughs> and and coming around all the time, and she cooks for everybody, and she just, like, has this matriarchal, culty vibe that I just really connected to, you know. And she's from Alabama, and I'm from Seattle, so there's things about us that couldn't be more different. But I sort of fell in love with her, and so did Catherine. My wife did, too. My wife's a really good judge of character, and... Courtney heard the song and she basically just acted out this video for me. She was the one. She was, she acted it. She did all the things. Right. And, and she's like, cause I think this song is about, you know, for me, it's about these invisible, visible ob- obstacles that you put in front of yourself and they can be huge. It can be as big as the elements, as big as fire and, and uh, your water, but they're not really there. And so she had this idea of breaking through this invisible glass. And I just loved it. And I was so uncomfortable with it because I can't act mm-hmm. at all. And I felt so strange. And, you know, you want to be reminded that somebody's really famous, like have them be your boss for a day. It's very um, disarming or that's not the word. It's jarring. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had to learn how to open my eyes underwater. I had to go to like an Adult swim last lesson with for people with anxiety, even around water and everything, and it made me so uncomfortable. Wow. And when it was over, I realized that it was actually one of the most cathartic things I've done. 
So where do you meet a Courtney Cox? How did you how did you and your wife first start hanging around with her? Um, she, we met her through, uh, a friend, um, uh, Miriam Malikpour, who styles Courtney and styles me, um, oh. which there couldn't be anything similar about our style, but, uh, <laughs> right. I got invited yeah. around to her house and we just hit it off like people do sometimes. Wow. And she then she piano. ended up, yeah, she's a pretty damn good musician, right? Yeah. She's really good. She's got a really good sense of rhythm. Yeah. And she can play drums. I actually jammed with her one night, believe it or not. Really? You jammed? It, yeah, it was a disaster because uh, I had a guitar and I only play Hang On Sloopy. So uh, <laughs> that was the whole jam. He's yeah, she was on drums. She, no, she's really, uh, really super musical. And so, were you, did you watch Friends when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you, didn't you have like a, I mean, a, a real, I mean, I wanted to, I don't mean to be crude, but I wanted to bang her so fucking bad because uh, <laughs> she was, I mean, were you were you physically attracted to her like that? No, because remember what I told you, like, I didn't I really, know. yeah, no, I wasn't, um, and I don't, you know, wow. I, it didn't Shock. occur to me to be, but although now I definitely see her as like ex extremely beautiful, difficult to yes. talk to in certain moments because of it. Yeah, but the the song is beautiful. So uh, you guys ready to perform this? You feel uh, all set? Yeah, this is from the new album. Out. All right. This is from the new album. Randy, Phil, Tim, string section, the whole thing. We're going to use the string section, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. The new album is called In These Silent Days and is available Where's wherever Brandy music going? is sold. Where'd she go? Brandy, where are you going? Brandy's leaving, I think. She's going to sing <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, she's got the piano. I'm on the piano now. Oh. Nice. Oh, you show off. Look at this. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't know to... you play. I've never seen you play piano before. Oh, well, wow. come on, you know, student of Elton, of course I'm going to play a bit of piano. All right. Okay. Come back now, even if you call me out, you might be. Get into the point where I can't carry on 
First of all, you guys, that that song, that song's a that's a hit. I mean, I'm no A and R guy, but I smell a hit. I mean, that thing is that's an important song. That's an important I'm not song. I'm able to guys. shake that off. Yeah, yeah, that's an important song. Good lord, I don't even know what to say. And you know what? It did have that. Now I see why you have a string section. It's got that whole Elton John tumbleweed connection vibe too, in a sense. That song, I mean, that's yeah. a home run. That song's a home run. No bullshit. Yes. I mean, <laughs> what do I? I mean, you know. Thanks, it, you guys. It might be another hang on Sloopy, even. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean it is a. And, and the, I mean, I don't even know how you hit those notes. My chills have chills. It's re- really remarkable song. <laughs> Um, do you, did you write that on piano? Um, I did. Yeah, wow. I did. I wrote it on piano. I, I, um, I've got this little piano up in my, up in the, the studio in the barn where me and the twins work. And I just kind of just wrapped on the, the book a few days earlier and, um, found myself in a quiet moment writing that, that thing. I, I mean, I know it's a tacky question because I paint and people say to me, how long did it take you to paint that picture? But You're a beautiful painter. Thank you. But that video I, you sent me with that beautiful watercolor that you were doing? Yeah. Man, that's spectacular. I would Thanks, lo- but- I, If I could wake up and do that for one day just to have that, that's a superpower. You well, I love it. I love doing I love to paint. But I, I guess my question is when I hear a song like that, and someone says, well, I painted, you know, I, I made that picture or I made that song in 10 minutes. I go, it's not possible, but it sounds like it just came pouring out of you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Like a quickie. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and what did you do? You woke up one day and I mean, really, it's unfair to say you wrote it in 10 minutes because you've actually been preparing your whole life to write that song. The more confidence you get as a songwriter that is able to pour out of you. But did you wake up and hear that whole thought in your head or how does it work? Well, lyrically, I was thinking about Catherine, you know, being the strongest person in the room and just this kind of pillar and how um, tense and awkward all of that fear and all that time was when we didn't know what would happen. Like if I would have a job again or if the world was ever going to be normal and, you know, mm. RBG had passed and this election, you know, trauma was settling in and, and, um, it was causing us to have, um, an explosive moment. <laughs> and right. those moments, those, those, uh, I think that like 
what we're made of really reveals itself in in fights, in confrontation, in, in the aftermath of it. And so I was just wanting to do a song that was like as intense and as meaningful to me as um, as my feelings were about it. I wanted to come out of this time for a moment, and I was able to with the song. So you guys had a, I mean, you ended up fighting because of the tension of being home with COVID and not knowing the future and not knowing what touring would be like and whatever it is, all that bubbled up inside of you and mm -hmm. her and it, it yeah. ended in a fight. Sure. Many of them. Like, but why would you fight about it? Like, what do you mean? But what was the fight? I don't understand because you're both me out of fear or why was there a fight? Well, I mean, right on time is conceptually about something has to happen as a result of of these silent days as a result of fear you know you can't show fear um too much around your kids you have to kind of like have a brave face there's always a you know a keeping it together that happens when things get tense in the world and things were very tense in the world at that time you know and so it's it's petty things that turn into um maybe a confrontation or a moment of intensity with somebody that you love and you know you're safe. And and, uh, and then, um, you know, it wasn't right, but it was right on time. Like something had to happen. Right. Like wow. the releasing of the valve, a steam, yeah. you know, like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I imagined other relationships. You know, I was, I had friends that were getting divorced. Right. Um, you know, people were losing people and crossing over and babies were being born and just huge monumental things happened in the silent days and um and you know what you're right scary days that supreme court we got now with the abortions and don't you worry too they're gonna somehow reverse gay rights i i don't know man it's bad shit going on right now it scares the hell out of me too yeah i'm glad I mean, we, it's like yeah just acknowledge it it's good to just say that yeah you know what? it's bad yeah, I'm scared a little bit. Yeah, I like what uh, I, I was saying on the air this morning. I like what Billie Eilish did. She got up there in Texas. She did the show, but she said, I almost canceled this show. I'm thinking about it because uh, I don't like what the fuck is going on in Texas with this abortion bill. And mm. uh, I don't know. I found that very inspiring. I do. I, 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 was, I was proud of her. We uh, love take her. some balls. Yeah, right? Phil's you know daughter's going to be Billie Eilish for Halloween. Mm -hmm. My niece, Josephine, is going to be Billie Eilish for Halloween. Are I've never kidding? met her, but I love her. Yeah, I, I was going to be Billie Eilish for Halloween. So. <laughs> you were going to do that, too. I didn't realize that many people. I thought I was original. I didn't realize the kids were all doing that. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, Howard. Man. Oh, please. This, you I know, was Dave Cobb last year. This year I'm going to be Howard. <laughs> you, might be, you might scare a lot of people, especially the kids. Uh, it's not a good But I'm look. not going out. I'm just going to stay in my basement. Let me tell you something. I got to tell you, <laughs> this new album, this new song, wow, what a song. Uh, you guys are, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm glad I backed you guys early on. You really have. I have yeah. heard nonstop from so many people that, that you have and that you talk about us. And it's just I do. like a real honor, man. And it's crazy because it's like... <laughs> look out in the crowd and i'm like there's so many more men out there and so many more street people i think this is down to howard yeah, it ain't the indigo girls crowd is it 
<laughs> it's that too. <laughs> listen, you need all, you need all, you need, listen, you need everybody under that tent for, for God's sakes. Cause you're, you guys, you guys are so good. And there's nothing more embarrassing than backing people early on and they go nowhere. I've done that too. <laughs> and, uh, Thank you I for being tell you. successful, Brandy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thanks, really, guys. Uh, what can I say? You, Phil, Brandy, Tim, Nikki, Kyleen, Josh. What a performance! That one's going to stay with me for a while. Oof, yeah, uh, hitting those notes early in the morning, especially in LA where it's way earlier. I don't know how you do it. Did you stay up all night? I, I don't know. At, I had to get up at three and like <laughs> exercise. But you know wow. what? Wow, yeah. do anything for you. Uh, you're the best. You guys, really. I just love you. Do. Thank you. Um, uh, the new album, everybody, uh, check it out. You, you know, you heard a little piece of it today and the album is called In These Silent Days. It's available wherever music is sold. You can hear Brandy Carlisle and Sirius, Sirius XM's The Spectrum Channel 28 and a bunch of other, uh, of the, uh, of the channels. And, uh, and thanks for that madman across the water. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. Thank you, you guys. And, um, and, and just thanks for being here and thanks for doing this. And oh, thank, uh, you so thank, you. Much, yeah, thank you guys. We love you guys. All right, everybody, have a good day. You too. You too. We love you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Love you. Bye. 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 Oh, yep. well, that was pretty amazing. Woo. Yep. Yeah. You know, I I was uh, I didn't ask Brandy. I didn't go into this, but Brandy had performed with the uh, the remaining members of Soundgarden, and she's even said, "You know what." I would uh, be the front man for uh, Soundgarden. Really? I would perform with you guys. Yeah, as long as, uh, as long as, uh, you know, Tim and uh, Phil are involved. And so I don't know where she's at with that, but, uh-huh. you know, she's got a lot uh-huh. going on. Cause she can, she can really rock. And then she's got that well, band, The High Women, with, um, that she did the chain with us, you know, and, uh, it was oh, with yeah. uh, Marin Morris and those other ladies. It was really good. Uh, she she should have talent. everything going on. As talented yeah, she as she is, she should never have a moment. <laughs> Well, the bitch of it is all the time. The bitch of it is for her. Her career kicked into high gear right when COVID hit. That's when she started selling out the garden and venues like that. And then it's like, oh, no, you're kidding me. And then a halt, a complete stop. She's like, I got all this momentum going right out of the Grammys. And this was it. This was what she had been working for. Yeah. And then then, uh, it breaks my heart. But, well, uh, you know, at the beginning of this whole thing, you used to talk about how what's not happening, you know, like for musicians right. and artists and, you know, because everything stopped. And she was totally a part of all that. I like that whole lifestyle out in uh, Seattle, Washington, where they got 100 acres and everybody lives together in a commune. I would do something like that with you where we like uh, get a little commune situation going. Get that hundred acres. I went. To, I meant to ask her. Shit. What? How much does a hundred acres cost out in Seattle, Washington? It's probably not that much dough, right? Isn't that like? Yeah, uh, there are certain places that you can buy a lot of land, and it doesn't yeah. cost that much. And I like that they are near a city. Like you can get to a city. Hey, Gary, do you think you could just pop on that thing and ask Brandy how much it's going to cost me and Robin for a hundred acres in um, Seattle, Washington? I don't even know yeah, what a hundred acres look yeah, Just like. real quick. How big is that? In other words, <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, we're going to find out. <clears throat> um, we you are? Know, like if, if, <clears throat> yeah, well, Gary's going to see. In a pandemic, 
like like in 1964, if there was a pandemic, would the Beatles have been the Beatles or would they be plumbers now? Would they be fixing your plumbing right now? That's right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. George is flipping burgers. You know who I read also lives up on that Brandy Carlisle compound is um, um, Mike McCready from uh, Pearl Jam. Really? Like she's oh, got a whole. Right. Yeah. They mentioned that. Well, on our compound, we could have a bunch of like radio people. Not the whack pack. <laughs> you don't want. Uh, well, Bubba could move up there. Um, you know, guys who are friendly with us. Um, what's his name yeah, over there in yeah, St. Louis? Mm-hmm. My man. Oh, right. Oh, um, Kid Chris. Kid Chris. Yeah. yeah we'll move him up there. Booker. <laughs> Get Booker over there. We'll walk around all day. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> Everybody will have one of those voices. Your cousin Brucey up there? Yeah, how's everyone doing? <laughs> I just need two acres. Human Newman, all the all the all the radio. That's right. Yeah, Kid Cali, you name it, we get them all in there. Get maybe a uh, Mad Dog too. <laughs> Meg Griffin. <laughs> Meg would like it. Oh yeah, talk radio all day. Yeah. A cousin, yeah, and you'd uh, have you... to have a couple of studios because everybody'd want to be doing yeah, a shift. Well, in case you want to wild track some uh, some uh, announcements or commercials. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would love a place with horses. There you go. We could do it. Let's find. We're gonna get the price. Gary, any luck getting that price? Yeah, it's, she's sitting in the chair now. There we go. It's oh, right Randy, there. real quick. If Rob and I are thinking of starting a compound where we're going to get some a bunch of radio guys together, what? Uh, can she hear us? I don't know. Hey, Brandy, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Okay. Oh, okay. Hey, just real quick. It, it, like in Seattle, Washington, if I want to buy a hundred acre uh, state, what, how much is that going to run me? God, dude, I don't know because it's taken like twenty years for us to acquire all those acres. Like, oh. I don't know. Probably like for five acres, it's like probably two hundred fifty grand. What were you so, guessing? Let me think here. Like five that times, okay, so- five times 20. But if it's 250, uh, oh, shit, I can't do the math. And you need five of those, <laughs> right? Yeah, you need, yeah. 20. <laughs> I'm thinking, 20. And, and Mike McCready from uh, Pearl Jam lives up there with you too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. In a yurt. We're going to do a yurt. it. We could a only yurt. have a yurt. You mean one of those hippie <laughs> tents? It is. It's a hippie tent, but it's really stylish inside. Yeah, they I, they let me kind of design it. What? And we spend Mike, a lot of time. Yeah, we ride four wheelers and just like, you know, hang out, kidding. barbecue. And, yeah, does he, he have to get permission? Talk. Like, in other words, he's got to come up to you and go, hey, I'm thinking of living on the compound. How do I make this happen, right? No, he, he just came out um, to visit. Like, Mike and Ashley, they're really, really nice people. And they came out one time for dinner and they just didn't leave for like four days. And <laughs> by the time they, yeah. <laughs> Mike slept on the couch, like he slept on my couch and he was totally cool with it. But by the time they left, they were like, we got to, we got to have something out here. And I was like, all right, well, let's find something. And there was like, you know, a piece of land attached to us. It's like next door neighbors, basically. Oh, yeah. Do, does Pearl Jam pay him enough that they, they, like he can't build a house. He's got to live in a tent. It's a yurt, yeah. Well, a yurt. You know, his family stays in the yurt. He stays at my house. <laughs> does the yurt? Yeah, does the yurt? Does the yurt have cable and stuff? Uh, or is it? No, just it doesn't like, even have power. You're kidding me. Where do they? No. Where do they? Where do they uh, pish? 
Well, they have a house in Seattle, but there's like a whole like makeshift off grid thing going on with it, bathroom and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. off grid makeshift. Oh what yeah, you gotta come you know see what? us, guys. I'm Both gonna of come you. see. Standing I'm invitation. Com- we're going we up there. We're gonna come. tour this place. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. house hunt. We're probably gonna buy the property next to yours, so we can uh, <laughs> get in on this. Oh you my god! Are... Do not tempt me. That would be the funnest. Because oh would be my great god. neighbors. Oh, wait till you hang with me. The fun just never ends. There's no, there's no end to the fun. You have no idea. You know, it's, it's, it's you pretty. You guys look Im- like you're having to get me down in that basement, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wait till we get our yurt set up right near your place. We're going to have you mm-hmm. over. You're going to love. All right. I, I, I didn't want to keep, I, I was talking about Soundgarden too, how you said you'd be the front man for, uh, Soundgarden, but you don't have to. I wasn't time trying for that. to be presumptuous. I was just trying to be, um, helpful. Well, it's true. I love Soundgarden so much, yeah. and I loved Chris Cornell, and I yeah. love um, Kim and Matt and Ben, um, and it just I feel so connected to them, you know, just being from Seattle. And every time I sing with them, and the twins come um, and play in the band too, it just feels like yeah. heaven. It just clicks. So I just hope we can do more someday. Is all. Do, the, do those dudes are they open to it or uh, what's the what's yeah, the deal? Totally. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, totally open to it. God, we get together and it never ends. Yeah, I, I mean. Uh... Yeah, I've seen you do some of the Soundgarden stuff. It's just amazing. Who, who was the person that didn't show up when you ended up singing Black Hole Sun? Um, there was a musician that you that was supposed to do Black Hole Sun. You were there doing another Soundgarden song. Who was yeah. it that didn't show up? Listen, I don't know, so you can't quote me on it, but I have a feeling it was it was Axl Rose. Oh, oh. so Axl was supposed to do <laughs> Black Hole Sun from, from the crew. Right. So. <laughs> so, so, so you're there doing the Soundgarden, the whole Chris Cornell tribute thing. You're doing your song, and all of a sudden, Axl Rose, who's notoriously late, and, you know, he doesn't show up to do Black Hole Sun, which he would have done a nice job with that, I bet. Really good job. Yeah. It makes perfect sense when you think about it vocally. And I don't know what happened. Um, You know, of course, all I knew is that I got to do it, and it was So you said, you go, hey, I know all the words to the song. I'm going to do it. I said, I know all the words to the song by heart. I want to do it. And can the twins come and be the guys that go, Black Hole? Black Hole Sun in yeah. the background because I just knew like they would get such a thrill out of being on stage with those fellas. And we stayed up till four o'clock in the morning that night thinking that nothing was ever going to get better in our careers than that moment. And then wow. we wound up getting to record it and play with them. And all this shit is so surreal, honestly. Did you know Chris at all? Chris Cornell? No, I never met him, but I saw one of their last, I saw the Temple of the Dog show at the Paramount. And it was. Mm. Uh, I gotta send you, I gotta send you some clips from my show. He used to come in and do a couple of acoustic sets. Oh, all the time. He was a great guest and he had great stories. Oh my God. Really nice guy. And what, not only a nice guy, what a handsome guy too. Good looking guy. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about going to rock star school. This guy had everything, the songs, the voice, the the looks and a sweetheart. I mean, just a nice guy. Yeah. A loss. What I loved his solo album. I had his solo album too, and absolutely yeah. loved it. I thought it was just brilliant. Yeah, I saw the duet you did with uh, Chris Stapleton on Hunger Strike too. Yeah, um, yeah, good stuff. I mean, just just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I sing Chris Cor- Cornell's songs all day long, man. Yeah, you, you you're amazing. Bam, today was amazing. I mean, that that last song you did, what a fucking home run! Can't believe you wrote that like so quick. 
Why don't you guys come see me play Carnegie Hall? Come see me play Blue. Because I'm scared shitless. I'm afraid of the old man. When are you doing that? When are you doing that? I'm afraid of America. Are we going to go, Robin? I mean, we're, you know. November 6th. I'll probably end up coming. Well, be my guest. We'll work on it. Because I definitely want to come see you live. If you're going to do the whole album Blue. Yeah, and probably a few more too, you know, tack on there. Because it's like, I think Blue's only like a 50. Five zero minute album, and when I did it in L.A., I tacked on um, um, uh, the la- one of the latter day Joni songs, and then one of my songs that was influenced by Joni. I'll probably do the same thing this time. Would you be insulted if I show up in a hazmat suit because I'm just so paranoid anyway about germs and stuff? So not only would I not be insulted, but I would not be surprised. I'm Hell, completely prepared I, for that because <laughs> I really I would love to see you do Blue all the way straight through. Yeah, that come turns me on. I think it's the last Howard. time I'm ever going to do it. Yeah. Oh, you're. Oh, kidding. really? Why is mm-hmm. it the last time you're going to do it? <clears throat> I just want, I want, I wanted to do it out of respect for Joni, and I wanted to do it out of respect for people that are never going to get to see Blue live again because Joni's not going to do that. You know, I think if she does sing again live, it would be something new. You know, she doesn't go right. backwards. Um, but I felt like it's just such an iconic album that people needed to get a chance to get to see it so i did it once in la and um and i, I want to do it once in new york and then i think that's it wow wow I say we could build a bubble <laughs> you wouldn't mind that if we had a bubble yeah I'm a, i wouldn't I'm a mind phobe. at all i'm such a germ phobe i really i'm not kidding you i haven't left this house <laughs> i mean have you I been haven't, sick at all not at in all the last for two, two years. years not a cold not, I mean, knock on wood, but it's unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? Yeah. And you yeah, know how what? much you avoid when you're not out around people. People it's are so a pain nice in the ass. Sick. You're not I'm kidding. Not... Yeah. People are Do dangerous. You mind... <laughs> Maybe this is out of line for me to ask, but would you mind coming to my house, performing the whole album Blue in my in my in my uh, backyard? Uh, <laughs> if you could just arrange that, I I would you know, I, I, you know just me, and my wife. Maybe a few friends. Well, I'll send uh, you my rider, but... invite me? That's terrible. No, you have to be in seclusion. Forget about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to, to be, be in the comp- bubble. <laughs> she, she does. I, I yell at her. She, she, gets, <laughs> she gets full of herself and starts thinking about leaving that house. I, have, I go, Robin, you're not going anywhere. Just sit home. <laughs> oh, sit God. home. She can't go anywhere. Come to the compound, Robin. No, I can't <laughs> lose her. I'm coming. I'm coming. She's coming to this. We're going to come to that compound. I want to see that okay. yurt where McCready is living. I want to see what he's doing. That's That sounds challenging. I might want to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's good fun. I mean, I think the yurt is more his wife's passion than his, but you know yeah. what? He just wants to hang out with me and play guitar all the time. Yeah, I think Neil Young lives in a uh, yurt. I'm pretty sure. He's got some sort of Something TP like situation. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I got to get in on that. It'd be cool. Um, listen, I'll let you go. I know you, you put in a long morning. But I could talk to no, you all I day. Love I'm, I'm halfway through a Dunkin' Boston cream, so I'll get back into it. <laughs> what are you What are you eating? Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, a Dunkin' Donuts Boston cream, my favorite. I can't believe you're eating that. You got to protect your voice. We got to have you on a total healthy regimen. No donuts for you. It's my reward for getting up at three. My tour manager's rewarding me. Wow, you look great. By the way, yeah. thanks. Yeah, thanks, you, you look guys. Healthy. You too. You look... Yeah, yeah. I feel Eddie great. Vedder, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder ever come up and visit McCready at the yurt? No, but I, I just hung out with him a couple of days ago out at that Ohana festival. We sang, um, I sang, uh, can't find a better man. Oh, no kidding. Jim. Yeah, it was killer. I flubbed one lyric and I'll never forgive myself. <laughs> what did you, what did you, where'd you screw up? 
right in that first verse because he let me take the first verse. So I'm singing, <laughs> I'm going, you know, waiting, watching the clock. It's four o'clock. It's got to stop. Tell him. And I just heard my voice and I looked over and I saw Ed and I lost my shit. I was like, this is just too iconic. I can't. <laughs> So I just, but it was just two words and then I picked it right back up again, but now it's all over the internet and it's just driving me crazy. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, really? Are people busting your balls about it? No, everybody's being so cool, but nobody yeah. busts my balls worse than I do. I know. Isn't that the worst torture in the world when you, fu when you think you fuck something up and you just can't forgive yourself? I, I don't know how I go to the shrink. I try to, it's cause not a big deal. Everyone just loves seeing you up there. And I go, no, no, you don't understand. I fucked it all up. No, we have a lot in mm. common. It's eerie actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe you two do. shouldn't be too close together. Yeah. yeah, maybe we ought to stay out of the yurt. Yeah, you don't want to be around me. You might, uh, you might go. Cuckoo. I want to go see your therapist, and you can come see mine. Yeah. I got a good guy. This guy's a saint. I don't know. He he's able to talk me down. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, if I'm at a hundred, he can get me down to about seventy-five or fifty pretty rapidly. Yeah, yeah. my my one Pam, she goes, let's reframe your thinking about that. Oh, that's nice. Reframe. That's good. It just makes good. me lighten up all the time, you know? It's like I'm so serious yeah. if I'm not careful. Don't you think you're a better wife because you're you're in a psychiatric uh, relationship because otherwise you might have been a disaster? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I okay. once was a disaster. <laughs> really? You? You're so sensitive. Well, what do you thanks. mean you were a disaster? What was the worst thing about you? Hmm... Uh oh. I don't know. I just think that I just lived really inside my head, you know? Right. And like as harsh of a critic as as, you know, you can be on yourself, that definitely reflects onto other people for sure. But I'm over it. Right. I passed it all yeah. now. I don't even think about myself anymore now that I've got those damn kids. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think about myself until <laughs> I talk to you guys. Yeah. How is Evangeline? She's great. How old, She's in How old is she grade. now? She's seven and a half. Oh man, that's such a cute age. Seven to nine. I always, I say this to my girls. I got three daughters. I go, you guys should have seen yourselves from seven to nine. You were little angels. Then I don't know what the fuck happened. You kicked in and you started beating the shit out of me. I mean, you know, it was like, what happened? Like, I didn't get it. Like seven to nine, I could do no wrong. Then at nine, all of a sudden they go, you know, you, you might be a real asshole. And, uh, <laughs> they really wow. started to, oh yeah, wait, you'll see. You were it's destined to have three daughters. You were. I could not be a father to sons. I would mm. be a disaster because I'm not into any of that shit that they're into. These guys, you know, with the baseball and all the sports, and the, I'm 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 into the Bachelor. I'm perfect for daughters. He loved Candyland. He used to play that constantly with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I love the Bachelor. They're perfect for you too. I don't think I could be a mother to sons either. Even though I always wanted one, that's why I really wanted boys. But I make excuses for men. I do. I'm bad. I would be that mom who go straight down to the school and I'd be like, what oh. did you say to my son? <laughs> my son. It's bad. <laughs> it yeah. shouldn't be that way, but that's how I am. My sons would beat me up, I'm afraid. Like, they'd be like, you know what? I think we're just going to knock the old man down. I, I, it, I, I'm just very happy I have three daughters and they couldn't be, you know, sweeter people and they're so beautiful. I mean, they're just great, you know? And uh, and, and your other daughter's three, right? Elijah? Yep, three now. Elijah, yeah. yeah. Elijah, yeah, yeah. Should I stop at two or should I have a third? Two. No, okay. although I got, I got to tell you, I had stopped at two and then all of a sudden I went, you know what? I got to have one more. And then I got my Ashley. 
who's now a uh, she's a nurse practitioner. She's a she's one of those people that you know gives of herself all the time. So if I had stopped it too, I wouldn't have her. Bring them. Oh, she they are huge. Oh, I should bring them. I bring Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Oh my goodness, they would love it. Yeah. Oh, but Ashley, she's a big Joni Mitchell person. There you go. Right. There you go. All right. Okay. All when right. is that? November what? Going to November sixth. I gotta sit Carnegie there Hall. with the mask or something, right? You don't care if I wear a mask. No, you should. Okay. All right. I'm there. Yeah. Hey, listen. Go ahead. Go finish your donut. Yeah. Enjoy right, your donut. Do. <laughs> what do you have? Kisses, what do you, you guys? You got cream in there in that donut? Yeah. Like Boston a, a cream, cream donut, man. A, oh, cream center with what? Chocolate on the outside? Oh yeah. Oh uh, man, I you want would me to send that. one down to the basement. Nah, it doesn't matter. The doctor told Come me on, I can't Ike, eat let's chocolate. Come on, let's send some Duncan down to Howard's basement. Don't. You're killing me. First of I can't all, he it. won't accept it. Right. Because I'd be afraid that be somebody touched it. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, Brandy, thanks for everything today. You were, you were spectacular. Beyond. Thanks, you guys are a blast. You yes, moved me. You all are right. amazing. Thank you're you amazing so woman. much. All right, Bye. Later. Bye. There she goes, right in our L.A. studios, which I'm dying to go back to. I want to get out to L.A. The L.A. studios. They were outdoor. Yeah. We could go there. One of my daughters lives in L.A., and I want to go. So yeah. um, then maybe we could knock off a few shows in L.A., but know, every, you got people like Brandy running around with this, uh, you know, COVID, and then you got me sitting in my basement. Well, again, the L.A. studios were outdoors. They were open air. Yes. What? No, the green room is no, open air. They're they're in. They weren't. I thought we you were. I know it. I thought no. I what Robin's there. talking about is we had a green room and we set it up outside. We Remember? were broadcasting outside. No, Are you kidding me? Studio? We're very professional. We can't be outside. <laughs> God forbid there's an outdoor noise. <laughs> I worked at a radio station. My first radio station, WRNW, was uh, in a you know there was a parking lot behind us and it was in a residential house and. There was a window in the studio. We had to keep it open because there was no air conditioning. And and you'd hear, like, you'd hear, you know, birds chirping, cars pulling in. (laughs) Like, what kind of rinky dink? But I was happy. No one else would hire me. They're the only ones. All right, listen, we should get out of here. They can't build an outdoor studio, huh? I guess, no, I don't think it would work. Yeah. You know. Anyway, boy, she's spectacular, huh? Oh, my goodness. When she hit that note... Mm. I had chills all up and down. I wonder, does she like walk around all day, like in the house, like her wife's there and the kids, and then like she sits down at the piano and starts playing, or is like, or is she like Elton John in that way? Like he won't play at home. I don't like know. He doesn't even have a piano in the house. No. Yeah. I don't know, because I was just thinking, do you love your voice? Um, like, do you just yeah. want to hear it all the time? I'm looking at uh, the phones here. Brandy, amazing. Every time she comes in, that's Bells. Tim says, Brandy, is she friends with Ellen and Portia? Oh, they they, they think she's oh, gay. She's please. friendly. Yeah, come on. Probably, though. Who do- uh, Kiki, care, Brandy. Though. Kiki says, Brandy live, amazing. Her voice is amazing. That's an understatement. Charlie says, Brandy, last song was so great. That's off the new album. Go get that yeah. new album. Um, You know, it's called... Uh, I keep thinking it's called Broken Horses, but it's not. No, it's the, called um, it's still. It's called In These Silent Days. In These Silent Days. I got to get that in my head. Because it's a beautiful start. title for a, uh, an album written during COVID. 
the pandemic. Gre- Greg says chess wants to play me online in chess. Oh, please. I'm, I lately I've been going on every once in a while playing a little bit of chess to see if I still have it. I played some asshole yesterday. I tell you, I get so aggravated. I got to stop this motherfucker. I'm playing him a two twelve game, which means the clock is set two minutes, Robin, and you get 12 seconds back. Okay. So every time you make a move, you get 12 seconds back on your clock. And that's not easy for me to think so fast with that chest because you got to, you know, that chest is complicated. There's 64 you squares. Ponder. Yeah. You got to ponder. And, and this is called blitz chess where you don't ponder. You just cross your fingers and hope you see everything. <laughs> so I'm playing some asshole from Argentina or was it Scotland? I forget. They have a little flag. Those are two you. very different places. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't seen these flags. They all look the same. <laughs> and uh, so I'm playing this guy. I pull out a couple of moves on this fucker. I'm playing black. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm kicking this douchebag's ass so thoroughly. I look at my clock. I got a minute 30 left on the clock. This guy's got five minutes on the clock. He's actually built up time because <laughs> he's moving too fast. And I'm beating him. So what does he do? He doesn't resign. It's done. He's done. It's, I'm, I'm already quit. up a piece, and I'm up, about to be up another piece. I'm about to checkmate him. He didn't quit. I wouldn't mind if he quitted. You resign, you hit resign and it's over. Right. He's got five minutes on his clock. He sits there and makes me wait until his entire clock runs down. <laughs> so I have to sit for five fucking minutes and wait for this asshole from Argentina. I wanted to get on a plane and fly to Argentina and kick his ass. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So, uh, why do you do it? Why do you, you know, and and really, what's the difference to me? I should have just signed off, but I didn't want to give this jerk off the satisfaction of beating me. You know, where I could have just signed you off. You don't even know who this is. Yeah. And I was so busy yesterday, I didn't even have time to play chess. I had a, I right after dinner, I came upstairs, I'm doing my homework for the show, the Brandy Carlisle stuff. Don't ask. I'm in the middle of stuff. I had to call uh some, my financial situation, blah blah blah, needed some attention. Don't ask. But I said to myself, one reward. Go online, play one asshole in chess. Hopefully you kick his ass so you can get a good night's sleep. Because when I lose, I'm a sore loser. And this asshole, I had him. I even called him an asshole. I said, look at you, you asshole. You're so stupid. Look at what you're doing. And then he and then he stops. And instead of saying the jig is up, I lost. Now. He makes Can't me wait five minutes. Yeah. Fuck him. I sat there. I waited. You know what? Maybe he wasn't even there. Maybe he's smart enough to get up and walk away from his computer and just let the clock run out. He's a douche. I'm never visiting Argentina. (laughs) Because of him. They call that a chess troll, I think. He's a troll. You lost. So admit it. What's the big deal? Go beat someone else. Well, you're not going to get better that way. Well, no, sometimes, believe me, I get my ass kicked plenty. No, no, um, no. I'm talking about him. He's oh, never no. going to get better no, he's, doing he's things the way he did them. He's a douche. Because you know what? You got to man up. You say, I lost. I'm not intellectually superior to this person from America. I represented America. <laughs> and I showed him American intellect. <laughs> I was playing. That's right. 
I hope the shitty little yurt he lives in on that fucking patch of land in Argentina falls apart. I hope he has to just the whole damn yeah, tent Yeah, I falls think we on. could get a lot of land in Argentina if you. Yeah, who knows what up? <laughs> Didn't all those Nazis run to Argentina? Yes, yes. After uh, World War Nazi II, there, yeah. Probably some fucking Nazi descendant. I was playing, and I showed him who's superior, me <laughs> with my intellect. At my age, I beat his ass into the ground, but he couldn't accept it. He just had to be a douchebag. And then I get off, and I'm fucking screaming, yelling, don't ask. Well, I don't know why you can't figure out how to play among people of integrity. Well, it's online, you know, and, and here's the deal. I'm sitting there thinking, if this guy knew it was Howard Stern he was playing, oh, it'd be a whole different he'd story. Never oh, right. no, well, he'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 of course I'll resign, and let's play another game sometime. That's the bullshit with fame. But, but uh, again, you need to be in a group where people observe the rules. Yeah, Greg, forget it. I ain't playing you. I don't want to. I, I don't want to play. Oh, you. Why not? Sorry, pal. All right, listen, I, I play fair. <laughs> You'll beat my ass anyway. I'm sure. I'm sure you're really good. No, no. Listen, man. It would be dope to uh, play my idol. You know, you got to talk to Mick Jagger the other day. Why not uh, play me in a, you know, fair game of chess? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll uh, make it fun. You know, do you want to bet? On I don't fun? know. Everyone on the Internet is an asshole. I swear to God. They cheat. I don't know why they cheat. What's That's the fun in cheating? I didn't any time there. I, listen. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, Greg, I hung up because I'm not going to play you. Just forget it. You need a club or something. I don't know. but Well, I used to go down to the Marshall Chess Club, you know play down there but the, the, I, i'm playing against a 12 year old and he's beating my ass i got humiliated <laughs> the kid was 12 his mom is standing there with his lunch while i'm playing him and uh, it's a tournament and I, I played against the lady first i beat her and i'm like you know what i'm pretty fucking good you're feeling good about yourself you move on yeah because i thought she was going to kick my ass because she had her own little chess pieces and her own little fucking clocks and all kinds uh -huh. of shit and i'm like uh oh this looks uh, serious but i beat her ass pretty quickly and that felt good and then this little punk sits down across from me and <laughs> sitting there i'm going this little shit he can't be that good can he man he tied me up in i'll two help seconds. him out i'll show him if you think he beat my ass and i just left humiliated <laughs> I, I didn't want to play who wants to play a game where a 12-year-old can beat you? You know, and it's an intellectual game. I mean, yeah. Uh, hey, we should get out of here, Robin. We did enough show. We'll, we'll get together tomorrow and we can talk about more of my humiliation if you want. <laughs> Amazing. I, 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 I said to this 12-year-old kid, I bet you haven't even gotten laid yet. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> then I showed him a picture of my wife from uh, when she was in FHM, just to, just to let him eat his heart out. I go, you think That's you're so terrible. tough? Look That's at, terrible. That's right. terrible. I said, here's my wife. <laughs> no, I remember I was down there, and I brought my daughter Emily with me because she wanted to go down to the Marshall Chess Club and see what. She doesn't play, yeah. but she just wanted to hang. And we went down there, and I go, oh, he just lost to a 12-year-old. Oh. <laughs> but they tell her, he's a, he's a, you know, one of those masters at 12. Yeah, you I was know, like, he's maybe really he's a good. little, maybe he's an adult little person. <laughs> I was like, I bet this little shit doesn't even have pubes yet, and he's kicking my ass in chess. I don't want to be around him. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't sound like you enjoy chess really at all. Nope. Don't at all. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I hate it.
Uh, I remember when you were dating that chess playing guy. You had a boyfriend for a while. He was big into chess. Yeah, yeah. We never actually. I don't think we ever played. You you tried playing a game on the air, but it was ridiculous. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was silly. Yeah. You ever hear Can't from him anymore, or are you like I would totally? I know. <laughs> well, I'm done with people. Know. I'm done. <laughs> are you? Yes. You don't ever sit around and think about like, hey, I wonder what he's doing. Not even that you want him romantically. You don't. You never no. do. No, I, I think about I'm women. I'm telling I'm, you, when I finish, I really finished. <laughs> yeah, I do know I that don't about know you. I know another thing about you. Yeah, I know. You get really like, I'm done. You're cut off. Yeah, I, um, I, I wish him well, but I don't want to know. You never go on Facebook to see what he looks like now? No. Did he get fat? Did he, no? No, mm. no I could care less. Yeah, there was one guy you dated. He disappeared. I said, she might have killed him and buried him somewhere. <laughs> Like he, she might be, yeah, she might be a serial killer. And we don't even know it. Because he never brought him up. Don't you ever mention my name. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I get curious. Like, I'll I'll think about people I've dated sometimes and go, I wonder, you know, wonder how they are. You know, because I don't have negative feelings. They were I don't nice have to any me. negative feelings about no? them either, but I just. You know, I, I I have nothing more to say. You know, I had they one boyfriend, that, that guy you're talking about, not the chess guy, the other guy. Right, right. He called me up after we had been broken up for, I don't know, a few months. Yeah. And I picked up the phone and he said, hello. And he was ta- I said, who is this? I couldn't hmm. even remember his voice. <laughs> I wow. I not know who it was. <laughs> Did you talk? No, because I really didn't have any. I was like, he was like, oh, I'm coming to town. Why don't we have dinner? Mm. And I was like, I, I really have no interest in that. Wow. Oh, my God. You're such a disgusting human being. <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. It's like, <laughs> it's just like you don't care. Everything I wanted to say, I said while we were together. I don't really have yeah. anything to say. <laughs> you don't want to rekindle, huh? A little bit, maybe. No, I had another boyfriend who, you know, he thought we were going to rekindle. I was like, mm. there's just no hope of that. It's weird. I look up your ex-boyfriends, but you don't. <laughs> I go on Facebook looking for them. I could tell you that there was someone who passed me on the street, and I said, gee, that guy looks familiar. Hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, that was one of my ex-boyfriends. You're like, oh, my God, I fucked that guy. <laughs> Oh like, like, how could he walk by and I don't even recognize him? That is crazy. Yeah, but that's how it, it is for me. I'm just done. Yeah. I'm always like, God, that person had sex with me. I'll never be angry with them or even indifferent. I'm just like, thank you. Yeah, but I don't get in touch with anybody, but I do try to look them up on Facebook. Yeah, I've, had, or, I've had dinner with some mm. ex-boyfriends and stuff like that. And I do that. think and, of them from time to time. And it's and not even like... like old friends, but not love interest. I don't have any of that, you know? Are you ever like a dude where you have something in your spank bank, like you go, hmm, yeah, I remember fucking that guy. It was pretty good. And maybe well, yeah, you know, the favorites, they're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in a pinch, you can pull it out in your memory and go, you know what? The guy's an asshole, but I, man, he knew how to fuck. Well, he was, you know, I don't even have assholey mm. feelings about them. It's just that, uh, yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. Right, right. Yeah, sure. Because I've even had dinner with one of my favorites, but I didn't have any sexual feelings for him live and in person. Right. 
But you have like what I have, a highlight reel in your head that... Yeah. Yeah, if you need it in a pinch. Okay. I need a cock! Got it. You don't have to be graphic, Rob. Four <laughs> inches is fine. Uh, again, Brandy, I'm thank you. Oh, my God, Robin. Stop it. Fuck what did I just I'm say? I don't even, I, I'm <laughs> you trying to pay hear you what, when that's you going be, on. You better pay attention <laughs> to what you're saying. <laughs> All Brandy's right, album. Yeah, Brandy's <laughs> album and these... Fred's going to town. <laughs> he gets worked up when we talk about sex. Brandy's album in these oh, silent days... God. I could never talk to Fred about sex. He doesn't even have it. He's got, he's got his wife. That's it. He didn't have any past experience. I think there was one chick who fucked him once. Uh, Brandy's album. When, you, when you're thinking about guys, you never go back all the way to your memories of San Francisco with that guy who took you in the bathroom. No, I can't even remember what he looked like. Right. Brandy's album in these silent days, available wherever music is sold. And uh, that's that. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to squirt.